This is our 100th episode, you know that? I did not know that. Congratulations. Happy anniversary, buddy. Yeah. We've done this thing now for... Uh, coming up on... Four years? years? It's over four years. over four years. Over four years. started in this What? Place. Jesus Christ. That doesn't seem legit. I feel like that's fake news. Well, that hurts. No, wow, you put not. us in the Donald well, Trump road? <gasps> I just feel like you guys haven't... I doesn't we seem are like not. you've been podcasting for that long. Yeah, we have. Welcome, everybody, to the 100th episode of Hobby Night in Canada. I am your host, Tom, and with me, as always, are... The end. Lloyd. Mike. And Steve. Oi. <laughs> You're Preston Madden for a second. Oh, yeah. Well, I was I was really hoping that after 100 episodes, we'd reform our format, you know? <laughs> Anybody that's international right now is going, what in the fuck is going on? Uh, whereas, like... Obscure any, Canadian politician. People that, like, grew up in the 80s and 90s in Canada are just like, yes! Like, fucking Preston Manning, yes! That's the reference I've been waiting a hundred goddamn episodes for! Yeah. Um, so it's been a hundred episodes, and I just... Bef- what I, Let's... I, okay. I'm totally ad-libbing this, so I'm gonna make put all you guys on the spot. Yeah. And, Mike, we're gonna need an abridged version of this. This podcast and hobby... Oh, like what have you done in this podcast in hobby? So Seriously? finished projects. Mike, you get abridged. You get a top five. The rest <laughs> <laughs> like your top five favorite projects. Whereas <coughs> uh, the rest of us might struggle to get to five. Actually, I think I'll be okay. But sure? like, what projects have you guys finished? Since we started this project or this podcast, I finished buying a lot of stuff. Does that? Count? <laughs> you finished a PHR, yeah, and sure a P, like drop zone and drop fleet army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sure did. Ward sound seemed looks like the. I'm I'm, I'm stunned. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I only think that might just be over it. four years. Ward, congratulations. Is that it? Uh, a bunch of train. I worked. I, no, that just, I did a no, bunch of. Did, nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Okay, Mike's, so not, Mike's not giving me nothing. For myself, uh, I finished the Imperial Knights Army. I finished some of the Blood Angels Army. Uh, Imperial Fists. I redid a huge portion of my Eldar Army. Uh, I also did a Sheltari Army. And I did a huge amount of Mechanicum. And some Dark Age. And a bus that I did really well with. Uh, I'm quite happy with that. I'm look, I have, sorry, I'm not looking at the microphone because I'm trying to remember what the hell I did in four years by looking at my cases. <clears throat> How come he got more than four or five? Well, you get more. You get a few more. I just, I don't, I know for a fact that you had at least that many each year. Okay. Right. Yeah, that's probably about right. Uh, so I myself, it would be, I finished up my Mercs. Like a lot of Mercs I did because like when we started, when I was working on my Colossals and shit, um, I did... A uh, all of my like plastic uh, gremlins from Alpha. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I did a drop zone army for my resistance. Yep. I did a um a couple of boats. Well, the boats were done first day. Uh, <laughs> for real though, right? 
Um, no, I, I guess I did some more boats. I've done a... Yeah, we did a shitload of tiny bo- boats with that... Uh, for the painting challenge? For the painting yeah. challenge. Yeah. We realized it was the only way we were going to ever compete with John yeah. based on our... We were gaming. Oh, gamers shit, were gaming yeah, I did do a lot of shit, didn't with. I? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, like, yours is wild. Like, um, yeah, yours is out of hand. I have done several Blood Bowl teams. Like, there's the Orcs, the Wood <laughs> Elves, and the um, Halflings were done to completion. <laughs> I look at you, Ward. Uh, fuck. I don't think I've actually done anything else for Games Workshop in that time. But like to you be did f- five Necrons. Well, I did five <laughs> Necrons, which you know what? I've painted a Necron kill team. Yes, you have. <laughs> so I get that. But like when I say my Mercs, like I did a lot of Mercs during that time. Yeah, here yeah. Um, like it was a lot of models for that army, so yeah, that was yeah. pretty big. Um, I failed to do uh, much else, and that's. I feel like I painted more. You know what? One of the things I'm gonna say that I, in this this podcast and hobby, I failed at doing my tyranids. That army has been sitting there gathering dust for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah, my alpha army was never finished, or the team is like ninety percent done. Oh, I did a couple lances of BattleTech. That's true. Dan, speaking of BattleTech, how about you? What? Well, <laughs> that's pretty much it, really. <laughs> now there's, you did there's a been shitload a, of BattleTech. There's been a handful of other one-off projects as well. I haven't really done a big army in a long time, but there probably have been. I don't even know how many BattleTech, but there was the starter set box, which is like twenty-four, or twenty-five models. There's a couple of lances of the Wolf's Dragoons, which are actually like proper standard. Um, there's a couple lances and vehicles in sort of like that gray coal black and like an off-white like digital camo yeah yep. there's a couple lances of those that are done up um and then yeah the one-off projects include a lot of random x-wing models yep uh, a bunch of terrain for battle tech they're the occasional random ass models for space marines, uh, space marines like the raven yep. guard or whatever a couple of like literally a couple of Finnish world eaters um and a whole bunch of barely painted torsos and stuff uh, the big batch painting of like uh, Betrayal of Calf box that did not go very far. Speaking of batch oh. torsos, I feel like that's a great segment. I finished that box, by the way. Oh, I just, I did one other model, which I am pretty proud of, which was the Gobber Chef. That's right, the Chef. Yep, yeah, that's yeah. true. That that got a little bit of credit for that one. Smidge, the American Low Grandmaster. Yeah, uh, and I, I guess I did also like do a little bit from Iron Warrior Thirty K Army. Did get finished, but not a lot. Mainly just a contemptor. <laughs> it counts. <laughs> it counts. Ward, how about you? I think you guys covered it already. <laughs> it's more than that. No, I'll let you have stuff. the terrain, Ward. Go ahead. It's really not. Yeah, you had Kador? Because I bit... No, it was no he never That was it. like right on the cusp of the start. Really? I'm yeah. trying to fish for you. Yeah, because his... Uh, the same thing with... Well, I did I think have he, I think he tried to have a jack-off with Brian at one point, but I don't think that went very far either. <laughs> Let's wow. just say... It didn't finish cleanly. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so exactly, still exactly. two so PHR lots armies. Lots of little, yeah, two PHR armies. Did, what what other uh, other side games? Wasn't there like Blood Bowl? Uh, I I finished the, enough to go to Powtown this year, but I mean they're not sure. Yeah, totally highlighted, but there's. What have you played, played in Vegas the last few years? Drop just been drop that he drop played drop painting lessons and painting lessons. Oh yeah, that's right. So yeah. Lots of half done uh, seventy five mil <laughs> figures. Yeah. <laughs> so like once you do the class, you're just like, and okay, I got the idea, and do I go back to this or do I just use it as a reference sort of thing? So, yeah. You go back to it, but anyway, we continue on, <laughs> Mike. 
Do you want me to shorten it down real quick? No, let's see how if you can remember it all. All right, I got um, Blazing Sun for Dystopian. I've got the Covenant of Antarctica for Dystopian. I've got the Prussians for Dystopian. I've got about four or five Malifaux gangs done up. I finished the Super Dungeon Explorer. Painted that set up. That again. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Damn it, you made me lose track. Okay, for Drop Zone, I've got my uh, UCM, I've got my Scourge, I've got my PHR. There we go. Okay, that's the Drop Zone. But you're Oh, and Shiltari. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I got my yeah. Shiltari too. And you finished those too. Because <laughs> uh, after you sold it to me, you redid another whole army. You were like, well, that's fine. Yeah, I got that done. Okay, now what else am I Okay, that's <laughs> done. For Drop Zone, Drop Fleet, I've got just two done. That's the PHR and the uh, Scourge. Scourge. And then I've got okay. What else have I got here? AOS. AOS. Okay, I've got the uh, storm Stormcast done. I've got the Fire Slayers done, and there's one more. I can't. Do you have orcs? Yeah, and the orcs. I get the orcs done. Yeah, and also just so as Mike's going through this, just want to clarify for our listeners: these are full tournament armies. These aren't like I did a box set, like getting get started collecting. These are. Tournament armies. Yep. So Continue on. Okay, AOS. sorry. AOS, uh, that uh, 40K, I finished off my Ultramarines, but that's yep. a late start because we only really did that since this beginning of the year. Um, almost finished the Skitari. Yeah, that doesn't count, really. So it's not fire. well in your in your listing. It yeah. doesn't entirely count because that's not a full tournament army. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> for any other sane human being, that would be more than enough. Okay, and for I got all the Shade Spire, every one of the Shade Spires done. Um, and you're going back for seconds now. And seconds. I finished the Kalf box set. Um, there's another box set I finished. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> well, there was Kalf and there was also Prospero. Did you get Prospero? No, I didn't get Prospero. Oh, okay. No, I didn't get Prospero. You half-miler. I finished the Space Hulk. I uh, painted up. Um How can you live with yourself for not finished Prospero? <laughs> I don't own it. <laughs> that seems like a you problem. <laughs> yeah, I love how good. we're all just like Dan painted some mechs, Ward did a couple things. Steve and I had like fairly respectable chunks of stuff for the average gamer, and we're all just like, it's cool, no big deal. And then Mike's like, I did like more than all of y'all combined, and then t- doubled, and then maybe doubled again. And we're giving him so much a hard time for not finishing one box set. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, that's really that I don't own. Buy. That I don't own. My bad. Didn't you also get a knight done in that period too? That's oh yeah, color. I got a knight done. I did him up. He actually had him advertise on something because I did him with the LEDs yeah. and the flashing yeah. lights. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, rewired all that stuff. Painted a bunch of axe weight. There we go. Did that too. <laughs> I think you also yeah. got some 40k orcs during that yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, uh, oh, the Dakajet. The Dakajet and the wagon. Any towel? And, Any new towel? Oh, and yeah, all the new towel. I got all the new towel. So, I'm not being mean. I am forgetting a lot of yeah. shit. I, it's, no, I don't think he did. Did you go through? No, she went through Shadespire. Any blood he ball? didn't do Blood Bowl yet. Oh, I didn't do Blood Okay, yeah, I got my dwarves. I've got the. Uh, Skaven. Skaven. I've got the goblins. Uh, the humans are almost done. They'll be done probably in a week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love how you're like borderline catatonic right now. You're just like in a trance. Just staring ahead like, uh, it's trying to remember. It's, right now, so. it's hard. Yeah. How about any Alien versus Predator? Did no, I didn't. That Dan bought into that. Not, not me. Dan, do you get any of those painted? 
You have a, you have a chance now to one up Mike. No, they there were moments there were moments <laughs> of enthusiasm for that project, but when it finally came, I was so mad at it that it has just sat in a box. Did you at least time. glue one of the clear resin ones to a base? I never the clear resin ones don't exist. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> that is one of the vaporware uh, products from that range. Oh man, the clear predators are not a thing. <laughs> so. That would have been such an opportunity to get a model painted. So, Mike, ballpark, that's probably a thousand models. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it averages just over 300 a, uh, a year. Fuck. Like, because... Yeah. I also like how you glazed through, like, the... Glazed over the uh, Super Dungeon Explorer. Yeah. Oh. That, isn't that, like, also, like, 80 models? Yeah. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, that's just just because you play that board game with other people that aren't necessarily gamers. Yeah, you want to paint them up. Yeah, I do. That's what I fun. enjoy. Like if I was just like I got a f- ten minutes to spare, I'm playing with eighty models. And if you've seen Mike's stuff, it's not you. You paint well. That's the part that blows my mind. It's not like it's just you're pumping out garbage. It's good. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, I feel bad. Let's move on before we all like. Cry. Hate ourselves yeah. too much. I could. T- I should probably clarify what I've painted more recently. Yeah, because sure. I actually have progress from the last two weeks. I technically painted Warhammer the last two weeks. <gasps> Warhammer Six R for BattleTech. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to nice. thank any of our listeners that are still listening to us right now. Oh my god, it's it's absurd. Now, um, actually, honestly, I'd like to know if any uh, any of our listeners want to post on this particular episode. Well, we should start a thread to see what they did in the last four years. But that'll make us look bad. That's cool. Yeah, do it. I dare no, you. I'm, I'm pretty confident I'll be okay. You know what? It'll make, make me. No, 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 you no, no, no. Here's the thing. I want to know. For the record, in the last four years, how many Imperial Fists can Bish paint it? Oh. Can Bish? That's a name I haven't heard of. <laughs> in the mists of time. So. They revealed themselves. Now, in honor of this thing as well, I feel like most of us are Shut Up and Take My Monies are pretty similar to the last oh, episode. No. No. What was my last? Well, I don't know, but I was I thinking. I remember what mine is. Favorite so. release from the last four years. Okay. Board, I feel like, has I have, a very I, specific I have, shot yeah, of Okay, you do yours first, and then we'll get okay. all, like, glossy-eyed and nostalgic. Okay. I just got a box of Zangors, and I have two more on the way. Yeah! Uh, <laughs> and the new 40K terrain, I am picking up the Basilicum and the Sanctum. Oh, awesome! The, the two awesome statue sets that are coming out, so... That's really cool. They look awesome! They do. <laughs> And I just want to say, also, we're ordering Forge World tomorrow. That's my shove and take my money. Oh, yes. I got. I ordered the I drills, but now I need some Death Core. You ordered the drills already? Yeah. Really? But uh, now I want more. <laughs> I just should have, I should have made a better decision. There's a, That's a larger conversation involving my life. Gotcha. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and, like, honestly, mine would have still been Kill Team, because fucking Kill Team looks so good. Okay. I, I bought a book that I already own, because I'm dumb. That's cool. In my brain, if I haven't read it yet, it means I don't own it, and that's why I end up rebuying Horace Heresy novels that I've already owned. So I bought Old Earth again. I now have two. Oh. Is at least one hard, one soft? They're both hard. Nice. (laughs) Okay, last four years. Yeah. Mikey. Favorite, shut up and take my money. Favorite favorite release in the last four years. Oh, Jesus. I I can't remember that. It's... that's too much focus. Then okay. you can think of the last six months. I don't give a fuck. You mine can make is, it up. Mine is very, very easy. Warhammer 8? Well, yes, but in terms of models, I'm not going to go with 
systems because that's a little bit too subjective in my mind. Uh, models. Let's keep to models. Okay, favorite model of the last four years? Castle and Robots. Hmm. Yeah? Okay. Uh, I think if we're going just models in the last four years, yeah. mine's probably pretty straightforward. And it's that new great unclean one. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Man, I don't even know. There's, there's go so many that have come out. It would probably be... The Space Marine Captain and Gravis Armor. Oh, that is definitely not my favorite, that's for sure. <laughs> I knew um, that. It would probably be something along the lines of... There are so many good Horus Heresy character series models. Oh, And I've yeah. bought a lot of them. I have done very little with them. But um, it might even be the Mordathon Snipers, because they're some of the first Raven Guard units that are, like, actually Raven Guardy. They're, like, crouching guys with camo cloaks and sniper rifles. Lots of really cool details on the armor that you can barely see poking out from under the camo cloaks. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. good one. I got so Alexis like, Pollock still sitting up on the shelf. So some of the Forge World Character Series stuff is probably way the hell up there for just, like, epitomizing what those legions are supposed to represent. They're getting really good at that. Cool. And, uh, yeah. I think I'd go with some Horse Heresy stuff. Wardo. Uh, I would probably say the what I got most excited about, like, seeing pictures of would be the UCM drop fleet. Those were cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, just the initial teas. Yeah. They, those renders, they looked really good. And the ships do look good. They are by far my favorite fleet. Absolutely. So, they look... I just wish they were as good in person as those original renders look, you know? like Just you saw the picture and you're like, oh my god! And then you get it in person and you're like, it's pretty cool. But it, it just didn't have that same... I think, because in the original renders, like, all the edges were really crisp. The detail, like, the detail was a little bit more refined on it. Which, admittedly, you can't really have in a model on that scale. No, the scale. Like, so the, the scale of the game kind of put it off. But, like, yeah, those original, like, teases of that, of those designs, like, fuck, they're good. Yeah. Mike, back to you. Back to me. Favorite model's gonna be the Star Drake, I think. I oh, think yeah. I like that one the most so far. Mm-hmm. And then it's my drop zone PHR. I I was the most excited about them after a while. I think, yeah, that makes sense. The they turned out really nice. Yeah, the digital camera stuff. That's awesome. Oh. Cool. So let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit. We're gonna talk about uh, um, not just us like talking about ourselves for a while because mm-hmm. often a lot of these like anniversary episodes are like straight up masturbation. And I'm amazed that people listen to them. So, like, if you've made it to this point right now... Have you heard of uh, uh, Chat Roulette? Heard of? I start in Chat Roulette. Okay, I was just going to say, in terms of masturbation, people not wanting to watch or listen, I was going to say, you are very mistaken. The internet disagrees. Yeah, fair. Oh, also porn sites. Jesus. (laughs) Uh, But they can feel a little bit self-serving, so we're going to shift gears a little bit to, you know, maybe a topic that some people might find useful. Maybe not. But, uh... And it's, we've kind of skirted around this topic probably uh, at least a dozen times yeah, over the last four years. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit more about sportsmanship and the hobby. Yep. And, uh, Steve, you brought this up because of some stuff that's kind of happened recently. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've talked about a bunch of tournaments that have had um, some concerns. I'll go with that. Uh, and the latest one was the America Team Championships. They had uh, one of the teams um, get chucked out of the event uh, for a variety of infractions. None of them were particularly her- like horrible. Um, but cumulatively, they added up? Yeah, and the other problem with it, too, is they were um, 
no, I don't want to say no one, like it wasn't, they weren't known problems. That's probably not the right, but they had a bit of a reputation. Yep. So it was Team Happy. It was uh, Tony Caprondo, so same guy from uh, Las Vegas Open uh, infamy, unfortunately. Um, he didn't have any problems per se, but his team had some issues around plasma pistols that weren't paid for in lists. Um, typically, that sort of thing would result in a just a loss for that game. Um coupled with the fact that there were some rough riders that were modeled as gator riders, so they were much smaller, so they some were easier to hide. Modeling for advantage that allegations. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, totally that sort of situation. Um, plus some heated arguments with judges and that kind of thing uh, got them chucked out. Um, the the other problem with uh, with them is, is I don't think they would have been kicked out if it wasn't for the fact that they were just known bad actors, if that makes sense. Uh, and it kind of begs the question of, is is sportsmanship dead um, in these larger tournaments? Uh, because the argument has always been that you don't uh, need to do a sportsmanship award because you can't figure out who's going to have it because there is no paring down of sportsmanship. You end up with a huge number of people that all get sportsmanship votes. So if you're playing like a 600-man 40K tournament, you might end up with a significant number of players with the same number of votes. Right? I think mathematically you have to have like 64 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know what it is. So before we get into like some specifics on maybe some ideas we have, I do want to tell one story without naming any names. Uh, back when I was running um, the other basement tournaments, we had a guy who was pretty typically like getting zero bomb for sportsmanship scores and like, a, and was getting a, kind of that reputation. And so, but he was often doing well in like best general so what we did was we switched up best general to be the like acts of valor. So you couldn't actually just go in, steamroll your opponent, and win a trophy. This was also back when there was best overall, where you had to have the com- combination of painting sports and your vic- like battle points to win the whole tournament. So not unlike Renaissance Man kind of a thing. Yeah, because that, it used to be that that was how you won a tournament. And somewhere in the last seven or eight years, that kind of stopped being how you won tournaments. Um, Which I also want to stress that I'm not advocating that we should actually go back to that. I think we shouldn't. And we'll, we may talk about that later. I'm a huge fan of it. But either way, um, what ended up happening was because you couldn't win a trophy on just winning games alone, this guy kind of like looked in on himself, reassessed what he was doing, and went on to actually be one of the top guys for sportsmanship the next year. I think he might have won the next year. I've, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't confirm 100 percent because my memory's a little foggy because this is quite a few years ago. But yeah, you're right. I'm fairly certain he went on to win sportsmanship the next year. And so having having that motivation because people are competitive, they like winning stuff. Yeah. And so kind of changing how the stuff was won took a guy who was a perennial problem to him reevaluating and being that guy everyone loved playing against. And that's pretty, maybe one of my favorite moments in running tournaments ever. Yeah, I get I get what you're saying. I, I'm not sure that I totally agree with that because I don't think that's like that's not really the point of a tournament in my mind. Is to ha- like the acts of valor is so different from you're basically playing a different game. Yeah, so I'm I'm not advocating the acts of valor. You know what I mean? I don't want to really get into the nuance of yeah. that. I'm just saying like here was an example of and whatever it was is less relevant, but like the tournament's changing their focus. Yeah. And it could be done probably more easily on, like, a local tournament level... Yeah, I agree. ...than 600 players of having these different things to aspire towards that 
can really support people to think about all facets of the game. And it basically incentivizes the good behavior, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I couldn't agree more with that. that. The thing that... The problem with the with the game now and where it's going is these bigger tournaments are becoming televised, or, or at least streamed. All these top games are streamed. And I think a lot of cases now, bad sportsmanship is just being called out. Like a lot of people... Like the things that are caught in lists around, like, oh, I... Those plasma pistols, do you think they actually did anything in his games? Like, do you think missing three plasma pistols is actually critical to whether or not they, he won that game? I can't... You know, here's the thing. I've had games come down to a single die roll, and if that single die roll was a bolt pistol or a plasma pistol... Sure. I, I Like, I know what you mean, but over the course of the game, I don't think it's a huge issue. And the Probably other not. point that I'd make, too, is I think the only reason that we're seeing such a, a problem with it now is because they are a lot more talked about, these top tables. I bet you if you looked at the mid-tables or the bottom tables, 50% of those players would be, quote-unquote, bad sports or cheating due to modeling for advantage. Everybody's playing against that guy that's really proud of his conversions, but then you're not necessarily sure about them, you know what I mean? I've had that happen where somebody was using an old demon prince and it's the old model and it just happens to be super small from way back in the day, like that kind of thing. The guys don't fit on like a 40 mil base yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, and we, you know, that's my bloodthirster. Oh, really? Is it though? Um, so I think like the only reason that we're really talking about this now is because there is more scrutiny on the hobby. And I because of that and there being more people in the hobby playing these games, there's going to be more competitive play. You know what I mean? Like you're going to get more of those people. Whereas, like, I kind of look at it as the the move towards larger events, you know, televised or not, has really pushed sportsmanship out of the framework. Yes. Because, like you're saying, sportsmanship, it's almost impossible to, like, have a clear sportsmanship winner in these tournaments. But And so instead of getting creative and finding a solution, they're just saying, fuck it. Yeah, kicking people out. And not trying to, not trying to solve the root of the problem. Just booting people out when they're when they're not doing uh, what they're supposed. And to. it's pretty rare for someone to get kicked out of a tournament. Like, yeah. I'm curious to see since the LVO started, how many players actually got kicked out. Uh, yeah, you're right. Like, I bet you'd probably be very, very few. I'd be surprised if it was more than ten. Yeah, I'd be even shocked if it was more than one. I'd, I'd just like to say, just because some are getting caught once in a while, it doesn't mean that it wasn't happening before. It just means maybe it was more subtle. And yep. it didn't get caught. That's all it means. Yeah, people will take advantage whenever they can, and there's always going to be that person to do. Problem okay. is, is if you don't punish that, it's going to continue. If they can get away with it once, they're going to get away with it twice, and they're going to keep going on, and they're not going to stop because hell, I can do it. Why not? I was going to say, and that's there's no con- there's not enough consequences for cheating nowadays. Like. Uh, it's like, oh, we kick you out. Next year you can come back, but be good, okay? Yeah. No, it should be, you got caught cheating recklessly, you're out, you can never compete for the big one again. I kind of agree with that. I was going to say, right? even locally, like for these, not even necessarily big tournaments, I know after one game, uh, when Alberta had the AWGT going on, you had a particular game, Dan, where you had a player rolling behind a building. Which is one of my favorite bad sportsmanship things. Yeah, I don't remember that instance specifically, but I do know that has that has come up in a couple of tournament games before where the opponent is, you know, if there's a big line of sight blocking centerpiece on the table, he's rolling dice really close to that where you can't see them and, and just fast picking them up quick. Yeah, just like, oh, batch of dice. I got twelve hits out of fourteen. What good luck? And but like 
I've had little incidents like that. I've had uh, way back in the day at um, one of the uh, GTs in Calgary, there was an instance where we found out after the fact uh, the guy had an orc list that was illegal as well, where it was kind of like one of those little nuancy little asterisk kind of special rules that at the time you couldn't have two models in the squad with the same equipment. And he had a max size squad where every single unit had the exact same equipment. Mm. And it was all the best equipment. So it was like his Death Star unit that just like was rolling people. But, oh, I remember um, that. Those, that was when we had comp on the lists. Uh, no, it was, no this, it was an orc rule. This was like 2002. Back when oh. orcs specifically had a rule in their codex where they didn't like being like other orcs. So you couldn't have multiples of yeah. the same piece gotcha. of order. So the specific example was orc mech boys that could have custom mega blasters, which were assault one 24 inch plasma cannons. Yeah. Um, so we had a max squad of them, and they all had max ammo runs, which give them which gave them rerolls to hit. Gotcha. So it was just completely illegal. So it was the Straight absolute min maxed unit when they should have had to have a mix of equipment. Yeah. And only some of them had some combination of that best gear. Yeah. But regardless, his big Death Star unit was completely whatever. Lost the game, still had a great time that tournament. But, you know, it was definitely an issue, and I didn't find out about it. I think that was the end of day one, so the tournament was like three out of five games were already taking place yeah. by the time we realized See, that the list was That's kind of my point, wrong. is I think that that's always been going on, even at the small tournaments. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think this is anything new. I think we're just seeing it called out uh, at the bigger venues. And I, I, you're right, Mike. Like, yeah, you're, it's not. It's, right. it's, it's, it's always been there. It's just that they were sneakier or we didn't know what to look for. Or there's just higher visibility because yeah. local events up until recently, there was no platform for that to have any kind of exposure. Mm-hmm. So people weren't, at, like digging into the army list being submitted for various events to see, oh, what's winning these tournaments in other places? That wasn't really an option a couple of years ago. So what do you guys think about, um, for Magic the Gathering, they had an issue with this back in the 90s um, where people were playing illegal decks, having like extra cards and decks, that kind of thing. I don't know Magic that particularly well, so f- feel free to correct me or whatever. But apparently the, uh, I'm sure our listeners, somebody out there plays Magic. So correct us in real time? Yeah, sure. Uh, or a after the this has gone out and I can't be corrected. Perfect. Yeah. Um, they implemented a player number system where they could track infractions and each tournament organizer could see basically the list of players and if they'd had past infractions. Um, implemented by the company to basically police their own game system to make sure that people are going to their match play events have a good time. Because it makes sense for the company to want to have their events be positive especially if that competitive scene is a big part of what they do yeah totally and i think i think we're seeing that gw's embracing that and uh war machine has already gone after that so i think we need to uh nice time i think we need to have that for 40k and i'm not sure if like best coast pairings is the right place for that i think it needs to come from gw yeah whereas like i kind of take the exact opposite approach and and whether or not it's the... Yeah, but you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I honestly think that people go to tournaments to win shit. And the fact that so many of these events yes. have just stopped having sportsmanship as a thing. And they make up these excuses, like the numbers, which is fair, but get fucking creative. Like, honestly, all it would take for an event like the LVO is say, you do not have to vote for sportsmanship. But if you played against someone that was so fucking awesome, you think they deserve the trophy? Nominate them. And I feel like you're probably going to see not that many people do you think getting that, those. Do you think but that actually incentivizes it? You're going to get potentially more like sampling bias skews if you're you right. just get players that are not 
super enthusiastic or that's not what they're focusing on with the event. So you're kind of taking yeah. certain things out of, I don't know. I don't give a fuck because at the end of the day, there's no way to have the perfect sportsmanship person voted in at a tournament that size. You're well, right. What I'm saying, there's though. no way to do it. I don't but it doesn't mean you can't say, the, this person was fucking awesome. Yeah, that's the same as painting, right? There's not one person going around and checking out 500 different armies at LVO. So if they nominate a few people for best sport and, hey, one guy so happens to have extra nominations, like, hey, let's take a look at this and see if he's deserving of the award. But I think you need to incentivize it for the whole player base. And the problem with having a best sport award that's player nominated and it doesn't incentivize it for any anybody that's not specifically aiming for that. Like what they've done with painting now is if you don't have three color minimum, they pull your models. So you have to at least put in some sort of effort, three color based, whatever. Uh, you have to put in a minimum amount of effort on painting. And we need to figure out a way to get the minimum amount of effort into sportsmanship so that it's it's reflective on the hobby in a positive if way. If you're an asshole, you have to roll D-Force. Or something, I don't Instead know. Of I don't know, man. Like, when I think about that, I think about, like, what about that guy that's got social anxiety that loves playing miniature games and they've gone out of their shell to go play at a tournament and they have, like, a panic attack mid... And, like, and they're having a hard time in that setting. Do you think they should be getting kicked out if they get, like, a bad sports score for that reason? Like, I understand... The idea behind setting the bar somewhere? Yes. Yeah, I know, I know what you're saying, and I'm not uh, saying that having, like, these people get... Um, I think that sort of situation is explainable. You know? I think the issues arise when it's it's a not explainable infraction. Like, why are you um, rolling behind that hill? I was really hungry. I didn't get a full meal. I didn't... It, the lunch line was too long. Oh, so you were cranky? <laughs> or I wasn't thinking clearly. Nobody gave that's me a very, Snickers, so I was cranky to hand. That's very different, and that is, that is in my mind, that is not, that's a losing reason too. Like Sorry, you funny were, story as a tangent. One of my sisters always carries a juice box in her purse when she's around the other sister. So if she notices the other one's getting cranky, it's probably because her blood sugar's getting low. So she's just like, oh, hey, you thirsty? <laughs> and it is fantastic, because it went on for years where we all knew what was happening, but other sister didn't. That's it was, amazing. It was great. <laughs> Although, but I was going to say, though. Like, and they are full-on adults. They're like 30. This isn't like five-year-old sister. Like Pavlov response, all this kind of thing, yeah. like trained. I like that. Um, but I think like if you went to a, a sports event, right, where it was the same sort of tournament, let's let's say tennis or whatever, and one player was did not eat well and lost, right? That's fine. He's, he's out. That's the way it goes. Like, that's his problem. That's his performance side of things. Um I don't, or if he, even if a player at a tennis tournament threw an absolute temper tantrum, he probably would get kicked out for unsportsmanship behavior, or at least a huge fine. Yeah, there's people that have gotten to like screaming matches with umpires and stuff like that, yeah. and yeah, it happens. So, uh, are you talking about like imposing a fine on if you're ejected from an event next time you come back, if you want to play again, you're gonna have to pay more? I actually don't have a problem with that. That's the way I, most professional sports go. And if, I, the, if we want to start going that way for these events, we can look at, like, Best Coast Pairings. You've been a vet, uh, quick, uh, kicked out of a GT before. You have an extra $100 fee. I know that that might be a problem, but I think that incentivizes the whole um, group to basically not be shitty because you're going to have to pay more. I don't think there's a way of, like, I really like the idea of having, like, a, and I, I think you could do it in conjunction with, like, hey, we want to put more emphasis on sportsmanship, we're going to do the best sport award, and it's because Joe 
was absolutely incredible and like let's call attention to that and sort of put emphasis on that but at the same time also have a punishment system in place something that's fair and something that also deals with this I, this sort of stuff i do think there's something that this is kind of leading to a point that i had brewing in my head the last couple minutes here but there's kind of two different ways to approach the the best sportsmanship um with the larger tournaments i think in a way you almost do have to have the punishment mechanism more to weed out problem players yeah um, and if it is a really large event, like LVO is not a local community focused tournament by any stretch. It's yep. players, you know, international from everywhere yep. uh, coming to play. So the, I think the emphasis of the tournament would be a little bit different where some of the smaller scale local tournaments, um, especially where the fields are small enough that you can have a meaningful spread for yes. best sportsmanship voting. Yep. Um, that ties in maybe a little bit more with what the events are going for, but it's also a lot more feasible where a larger system, like maybe once you hit 64 players, 100 players, 500 players, wherever you want to draw that line, where it becomes impossible to separate out someone mathematically anyway, and at that point you're maybe better off just worrying about the infractions rather than trying to incentivize something that you can't really measure anyway. But, like, you think about it in terms of a numbers game, and the NHL, if we want to talk about sports, has a player voted... um, exemplified the best, um, like, the highest level of sportsmanship. Yep. And we're talking about 30 teams with around 23 players on their roster. Yep. That's a lot of fucking people. Which, no, and, and I... They'll and, still, and they'll still vote for it, right? Like, so but, I think, but, that's if they can vote, but if they can vote for any of the 750 other players, that's not the same as a tournament where there's 600 people there, but you only played five of them. Yeah, but you know what? Maybe you adopt the system where you don't have to vote for the person you played against. Maybe there's someone in the room that's uh, being, like, creating then, a positive experience. That's, that's a popular, again, you, popularity contest. Then you I don't to, give a fuck, man. The like, problem with, like, hey, I came down with, like, 20 other buddies. We're all going to vote for this one guy. Give him. There's always going to be an argument against it, but, like, I'm mm. sorry. If we always talk about... No, but that's hob- what, Can I finish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting really passionate about this. Well, so. I, I'm agreeing with you on one point, but I continue on. But, like, we always try to flip the argument on its head when we talk about the hobby versus generalship, right? And I think a fair thing to do here is is include sportsmanship here in that, you know, if we talk about things in terms of, like, variables that we can't control, assessing presentation is going to be almost, if not as much, if not more, subjective and weird in many cases for different formats than finding some way to assess best sport. Yeah, but it's it, the thing about presentation is it's across the entire field. Like, everybody is judged. Again, like what Dan was saying, is you could vote for any other army. It's not just the top. You're right. Five. And if you could vote for any other person that you thought was making your experience at the tournament better? Yeah, but you don't directly interact with those people. Like, it's not, a, it's not as easy to do. I know what you're saying, but I do think there is room for a... Because the thing about the, the sportsmanship awards in all the professional sports for somebody like... Uh, I can't remember what the one is for baseball, but somebody that exemplifies uh, the, the values of the game and, uh, you know, is good for the community and that kind of stuff... Those those awards are fantastic, and they're valued as almost like some sort of um, higher thing to achieve towards. You know what I mean? Um, with sportsmanship at a 40k event locally, it's always sportsmanship locally is always the guy that came in last. Not always. It's the guy that came in last and was gracious that was also losing. You know what I mean? Like it's it's very rare in my mind when somebody is is a good player and has a winning record and gets sportsmanship. That's impressive, right? Because you have to like that's the part that's that I think is is kind of good about sportsmanship. 
you need to have it as something to aspire towards and everybody wants to do it. And I think when you have it as just a sideshow thing, it's, it's not the same. I don't know how you do it at the LVO, but also those sports leagues have punishments too, right? Like they, yeah, they do have infractions. But I think like what I really want to see from this is just starting the conversation that we can look into what our options are. Like I'm not going to come up with the perfect solution yeah. between when we briefly talked about this topic before the podcast and now, right? Like yeah, totally. It's not something that we're going to solve in five minutes. It's no. but having well, that conversation Those haven't solved it either. No, and there's never. And I think the fact that we don't have a perfect solution isn't an excuse to not try. Oh yeah, I, I, that I agree with. 110%. I think you need to track it, and you also need to have a, a plot it. Yeah. So so here's a here's a good uh, sample that I can give you. Best sport in Onslaught last year in... I got two different systems so far. We're in the top ten. That's interesting. That how many players per system? And, and you being one of them, Steve. Yeah, Ward, how many players per system? <laughs> uh, at least close to 20. Okay. 18 yeah, no, one. I know. And that, uh, or you know what? Fuck this. But it, de- it depends on how, how they rank it, like, right? So for me, it's just like, okay, who you got voted best sport, how many times, and then what is your positioning in the ranking? So depending on what you use as a tiebreaker, I use your overall standing, yeah. right? Because, yeah. again, that awards the people that are, like, still winning but being gracious enough also in their winning. Which I think so is the do- way you should do it. So again, it's harder to pull off. It doesn't default back to, like, whoever, like, came in, like, last. You're like... Oh, yeah. I felt bad for this and guy. I'm probably I'm throw the vote that way. I'm probably being, um, I'm probably not being very statistical in the way I'm thinking about this. Like, I don't know if if that is the fact that most people that uh, win best sport do poorly at tournaments. But I would be willing to place a bet that that is the case in most tournaments. You know what? This conversation, I think I have our solution. Hmm. You do it just votes people you played against. Yeah. And then your tiebreakers battle points. Yeah, you could. Yeah, I think that's not a bad idea. There is, just so you know, there is one person I know that busts your mold up terribly. And, like, have you ever played against Paul Tang? Uh, Yes. Did you have a good time? Oh, yeah, I love playing against Paul Tang. All right, and he's usually the top five in everything he does. Yep. Including sports. Paul Tang is a renaissance man, though, too, right? Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying there are people who break the mold. That yep. do well and still you enjoy. But that's, yeah. that's why you also have the rule of one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if he gets some sort of other award, and I and I, I put a little bit more focus on like sportsmanship. So like if there's a tiebreaker between painting and sportsmanship, I'm going to give you the sportsman vote, because I think that's worth more. Yeah. I mean, that it's it's harder to to measure. So I think it's it's worth more in, in the yeah, grand but, scheme. Of but seriously, do you think you would have a difficulty with? Straight up votes, people you played against, and battle scores a tiebreaker. No, that actually makes a lot of sense to me. I'm just also advocating for the point that you need to have some sort of that people can. Oh yeah, kick assholes out. Fuck, I don't care. But that's my. That's <laughs> Go my point, ahead. Is that for some people that's an important thing? For other people, they just do not care, and they're going to go whatever they can do to win. Mm-hmm. Right, and you need to have something that applies to them as well, not just the award that they're not going to try for. And I think by having more awards, like having a sportsman award, gives people uh, a different goal possibly in the event, right? So yeah. if one guy goes and he ends up winning best journal, maybe he wants to mix it up next year and go for something more fun and be a good sport or work on yeah. painting in the next year and that sort of thing, right? I, like I mean, I'm not a good competitive player. Like I don't, I don't 
We're gonna change that. Partake in a in a system. To, we're gonna change that to, to pay and whatnot. Nineties angors are in your future. You'll I be think, fine. I think I'm an okay painter, right? That sort of thing. So if I really applied and buckled down, but we know that I don't have the time or dedication to that right now. Um, so sometimes it's yeah. Can I go and win a best sport award or at least give a good try at it? At it. So yeah, and I think I like that though. The fact that it's not. Uh, I actually quite like this idea of the person that did do the best gets the best sport award because... Um, it was harder. Well, yeah, and the other thing, too, is I, I have played against people that have been going for the best sport award, and it's very obvious, and it's very pandering, like, oh, man, I brought some candy to the table. You're so cool. I, I can't believe how good of a player you are, or whatever, and you're just like, what in the fuck is going on? <laughs> I don't want to deal with... like, And it's over the top they're trying to go for best sport, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, I have well, had that yeah. happen. Yeah, where you feel uncomfortable. It's like, what's going on? Is he going to put his hand on my knee next? I don't know. Yeah, like, it's yeah. weird. <laughs> well, and it's kind of like the people that are trying for best sport. It's almost like if you're trying to be punk rock, you're not punk rock. Yeah. You know? I agree with that. Like, yeah. you're... <laughs> I agree with that. That's why I kind of like the idea that you also have to not just tank every game. You know what I mean? Like, there's, that should be the tiebreaker. I think that's... I, 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 I feel confident that... We could we just solved it. Yeah, yeah. Have some tracking and a punishment for real assholes, and reward it. Reward it when it's good. And honestly, like I'm a little bit biased because the first ever tournament that I ever went to um, was the the same GT that I met Dan at, and I played games. I think I had a, approximately a winning record. I think I was like three one or three and two or something, um, and ended up taking best sport. And I legit feel like that set the tone for, like, the rest of my gaming career. Yeah. Because that was, like, such a fantastic moment for me. Oh, yeah. The couple of times that I've won Best Sport have been super cool because that is – it is your peers. And I do like that. Um, I think that's cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, I just, again, large tournaments have trouble with it. So the fact that it's tied broken on sportsmanship is pretty cool. Or on battle, battle points. points. Yeah, I think is actually a pretty good way of doing it. And I'm, I don't know, maybe Ward, they're... you're brilliant. You're brilliant. I went back two years ago. Phil Harless won best uh, sport in 40K, and he came in probably low third middle pack sort of thing, so... Gotcha. Right around that, out of 26 players. So gotcha. It's, it's, it hasn't been the bottom, but again, like, it depends on his, uh, his battle points that year too, right? So Sure, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So, yeah, there you go. Solved it. Problem solved. Good but, game, boys. But don't forget to punish that asshole. You need to punish, punish that. You really need to punish the asshole. <laughs> don't dwell on it, but it's important. You Moving really, on. Really do. Moving on. Uh, okay, so. What do you need to do, Mike? Punish that motherfucker. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> we're we're going to be doing something God, for the very, very first time on this podcast, and we actually have a guest who's going to be Skyping in. Some of you may have heard of this man. I'm not going to say his name yet because it's going to be in the actual interview. But uh, I think it's going to be pretty awesome. So without further ado, this is actually going to be cut in. Like Dan's doing some fucking hard work for this one. So Magic. You know, at least if you see him in public, give him a, a firm high five. So he, he likes Slurpees. That too. Slurpees and high fives will be great. So enjoy. Okay, so this is our very first interview on Hobby Naming Canada, and joining us this time is a very special guest. He's our first one ever on the podcast. Yep, for episode 100, so this is uh, perfect timing. 
Yes. So, um, <laughs> and for those of you who are wondering, because I haven't actually said his name yet, uh, introducing Dave Taylor. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, Welcome how you doing? I'm, I'm so, uh, I'm, I'm pleased and also amazed that you've made it this far without having anybody else on. Yeah, we just really like uh, hearing our own voices, so yeah, that's really the key. We are just a bunch of egomaniacs. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, that's, that's typically Canadian. I mean, that's, that's cool. And uh, if that's the way you guys want to roll, that's 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 fine with me. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate but, your uh, acceptance. Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, so for those of you that uh, don't know uh, Dave Taylor, haven't seen any of his work online or in previous uh, editions of White Dwarf, that kind of thing. Well, for starters, where have you been? Yeah. <laughs> what have you been doing? What have you been hobbying on lately? What, what rock can to? you paint bottles under? <laughs> um, I, what have I been hobbying on like in the last week or so? Sure, yeah. Uh, Let's start with that. Recent history. Recent history. Uh, basically, I'm, uh, I've been painting up a bunch of miniatures for an upcoming game called Legends of the Fabled Realms. Okay. Uh, which is uh, being made by Foreground, the, the guys who do the very cool pre-painted uh, MDF laser cut terrain. I have a lot of that stuff at home that I use from Alpha. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty sweet, sweet terrain, isn't it? Yeah, it's fantastic. Nice. And yep. I, I love that I don't have to do... Like, it's... It can be a little bit more work to put it together than a lot of the more traditional MDF stuff, but as soon as it's together, you're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a really nice part of it. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you checked out any of their uh, post-apocalyptic stuff. Um, I put some of that together recently for uh, some This Is Not a Test that I've been painting up. I've seen it, but and I haven't picked any up, yeah. Yeah, if you can get some of the like the ruined buildings, the ruined sort of suburban buildings, they are fantastic level of detail in them uh it's just gorgeous are they still kind of in that true like historic 28 mil scale or did they kind of scale up that style buildings a little bit um i am gonna have to say pass i don't know i haven't <laughs> um uh, i really compared them but uh, to their historical stuff but uh yeah they're they they work just fine with that sort of 28 mil range gotcha of, uh, of minis yeah yeah, because the one thing I found, I really like them, but like I found that the uh, they're twenty eight mil, and most companies are doing like a thirty to a thirty four these days. Sure. So, uh, so is this their is this their first foray into into miniature games? Is is that right, or is this still just terrain? I'm I'm totally in the dark on this one. No, this is their um, the first time that they're doing a, a miniature game. They're basically it's a um, it's a skirmish fantasy game. Okay. Uh, set in the world, uh, so they've had this range of uh, fabled realms um fantasy terrain for i'm not sure the last five six years uh gotcha. it turns out that fabled realms is actually their um like the guys who work there it's their setting for their um role-playing games that they've been doing for the last like 20 30 years oh really geez so, I, i'm um, surprised yeah. i haven't heard of these guys uh, if they've been around that long i assume that a lot of these mdf manufacturers are relatively new but i guess in this case, I'm completely, completely wrong. <laughs> I think um, Foreground have been doing uh, MDF terrain for probably about seven or eight years, I think. Okay. Uh, but yeah, and just just like personally, their their role playing gaming that they've been doing, the the world that they've created is, is in their personal stuff because it's it's kind of like a family business. Gotcha. So there's the, the dad band, and then there's Cad and. Um, there's a Ben Jr. and there's another couple of uh, family members involved. But uh, yeah, they've been doing this role-playing 
uh, in this world for a while, but uh, a couple of years ago they decided to turn it into a, a miniatures game, uh, so a fantasy skirmish game. But that's that's awesome. It kick, kickstarted last year, I think, mid last year, late last year, and their um, the sculpts from the miniatures that they've got are absolutely fantastic. But I think it's uh, later this year all of the um, the pledges are going to be shipping out. I was lucky enough to get some of the pre-production minis, but uh, yeah. That's uh, awesome. Everything's very super cool. Cool. Well, speaking of uh, painting, uh, I know that you've got right away, we had to do this interview pretty quick uh, because you're off to uh, Nova, if I'm not mistaken, right away, right? Oh, no, off to, off to Gen Con. Gen Con. Gen Con. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. See, I'm totally out to lunch today, apparently. Um, you, you, you were working towards a nice segue. So I was. I it was it was my best effort. <laughs> I was really. I but my favorite part is that I saw the train wreck coming. And you didn't. You didn't try and stop it. At all. No, I just okay. got out of the way. I'm like, I'm like, let's just pull the lever harder, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, typically, it tends to be the way it works. Man. That's good. Uh, so, failed segue aside, uh, one of the reasons that we have you on this episode is to talk about uh, what you are doing at Nova and uh, around the Nova charitable. Um, uh, raffle raffle not auction raffle raffle, raffle. Auction. raffle yeah no for sure yeah uh so yeah that's what four weeks away i think for no the nova open event um the nova open convention which is a really uh cool big event it's about i think this year they're expecting about uh 1900 2000 people something like that yep that's uh, decently sized for sure yeah yeah it's that's been running for i think this is either the ninth or the tenth year uh and They've grown pretty well, obviously. Uh, they started off as primarily a 40K uh, championship kind yep. of event. Uh, and the 40K championship is still very much at the core of the event. Yep. But they run all sorts of stuff now. So there are tournaments uh, and events for 40K, 30K, uh, Age of Sigma, um, Lord of the Rings, uh, War Machine, Hordes, uh, X-Wings. I think there's uh, there are some Legion events this year as well. So that was Legion. yeah, I wouldn't be surprised for sure. That would make sense. There is uh, Wrath of Kings and Dark Age from Cool Neon Not. Oh, nice. Going to play there as well. Uh, Blood Bowl, um, which is the best game, obviously. Oh yeah, yeah. That's why I saved it for last. Good. For sure. And there's also a uh, there's a, a like a board gaming room. So if you want to play some board games, they've got a oh, library cool. you can go and sort of check games out of and. That's awesome. So, loads of cool stuff. So that's that's Nova Open the the convention, yep. uh, which is on the Labor Day weekend uh, down here in uh, Northern Virginia. Yep. Uh, but the the main thing I'm here to talk about, uh, rather than just plug in the whole convention. Yep, fair enough. Is, uh, is the uh, Nova Open Charitable Foundation and what we do um, sort of during the year. So basically, uh, we. Was spawned from the Nova Open Convention. Um, a couple of people who were there were talking about some charitable things that we could possibly start doing. Uh, and about five years ago, the Nova Open Charitable Foundation was born. Uh, each year, we talk to a whole bunch of painters around the world and ask them to contribute their time and their talent to paint up miniatures, uh, either single miniatures or squads. Um, sometimes we bring those together into to form armies yep. uh, and we r- raffle them off for charity that's so. yeah that's fantastic i know and the the army side of things is what always blows me away is that you have enough uh world-class painters that put together 
like decently sized armies to to raffle off, which is just unreal that there's that kind of commitment for for a charity out there in the the hobby world. Yeah, everything from individual models to warbands to friggin' titans. Yep, titans. Yep, for sure. Titans are insane. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it is amazing uh, that each year we can. Uh, well, basically, we've got a, a great pool of of painters that we've um, that we keep adding to each year. Uh, I think this year we probably had about 45, 50 people That's super uh, painting cool. for us for our summer raffles. We have a couple of raffles earlier in the year. We're going to have probably seven or eight later in the year, October, November time. Yeah. Uh, but for our summer raffles, which is our main focus uh, each year, this so far we've got 22 raffles, That's I think, 22, cool. 23, something like that, uh, for the summer raffles. I kind yeah. of lose counting. And the thing that I keep kind of having to wrap my head around is that it's it's a raffle. It's not like these t- sort of things in my mind are always auctions. This is a raffle, which is really, really cool. It doesn't matter how much you want to chip in. You have a chance at, at winning what you're what you're after. And it's all yeah. going to go to a good cause, which is which is really cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, we, we, I, it, because we're a uh, we've, we've set ourselves up, uh, we've gone through all the process and the paperwork um, a bunch of years ago to become a charitable organization mm-hmm. um, as recognized by the United States government and the IRS and all that sort of fun stuff yep. so that we can <laughs> run raffles. The serious uh, stuff? Pardon? I said the serious stuff, the actual important yeah, the, paperwork, yeah. Yeah, the serious stuff, the paperwork. Thankfully, I haven't had to touch any of that. <laughs> oh, good. There are, there are people who are far more capable than me who have... Uh, <laughs> who've uh, made sure all that happens. Yeah. Um, I just get to talk to the, the cool painters and, and have fun with excellent toy soldiers. But uh, yeah, this, this year with those 22 things, we've got eight armies, two detachments, which are kind of the squad warband size yep. kind of thing. And uh, 12 single miniatures uh, that we're raffling off. So yeah, as, as we said, we basically wanted to do it them as raffles rather than going okay we've got to hope that we have 22 incredibly wealthy people somewhere (laughs) in the world who want to um sort of bid on this well that's exactly it right like i I think the idea of like a um you know a raffle for charity with these incredibly painted miniatures like you've got uh, if i'm not mistaken you've got a mortarian in there painted by somebody that's somewhat well known Yes, a certain uh, Duncan, Rhodes. Duncan Rhodes of uh, Warhammer TV fame. Yeah, so the fact that I can, uh, and you'll, you'll have to go through the, the, the prices for the raffles and all that sort of stuff, but like the fact that I don't have to outweigh, you know, thousands of dollars. Uh, yeah, for this one it's $5 a ticket for the Mortarian. That's so. unreal. So everybody that's interested in these models or even thinks they look cool can throw in 5 bucks, and that whole crowdsourcing thing, you're going to raise a ton of money. And the other thing that was interesting to me too is the way that you... Uh, the charities that you actually uh, donate to and the, how the painters sort of decide that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we have, um, over the years, or when I say over the years, it really started back at back at the start. Um, Doctors Without Borders, uh, the Breast Cancer Research Foundation, mm-hmm. and uh, the Fisher House Foundation. Um, Doctors Without Borders came from uh, some earlier charity work uh, mm-hmm. that I did with... Um, bunch of great bloggers in 2010 and 2011 um then some of those guys decided on doctors without borders they had a great um reputation uh yep. global uh reach uh, global influence and also something like 92 cents out of every dollar that they receive goes through to their programs 
Wow. Uh, so that sort of high percentage is really important for us. Yeah. Um, Breast Cancer Research Foundation, uh, Laurie Brandt, who's our president, she's a uh, three-time survivor of breast cancer. So it's obviously a, 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 a my, my mother is also a three-time survivor of breast cancer, so it's something that's very near and dear to our hearts. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Breast Cancer Research Foundation also have a great um, amount of, uh, well, basically that percentage sort of flow through to their programs. Yeah. Um, and Fish House Foundation, uh, one of our um, paint, regular painters, guys painted for us every year, uh, Wes Cogdell, uh, is captain in the U.S. Army, uh, runs Stiffneck Studios, uh, painting studio, and he brought uh, Fisher House, the Fisher House Foundation to us, which uh, supports... Um, veteran families. Uh, so when veterans, uh, military veterans, go into VA hospitals yeah. for procedures or um, surgeries, whatever it happens to be, and their family needs to be with them, uh, Fish House has these houses near these the VA hospitals to um, to put up their families, sort of free of charge. That's really cool. I don't I don't know if we have something quite the same up here in Canada, but that either way, those charities all you know clearly very good causes yeah yeah they're, they're definitely uh ones that we we love because they've, they've got that that high percentage of uh, the money goes through their programs uh they're all great causes doing great things uh but we then as you mentioned um with when we're talking to the painters uh we say okay folks who, who do you want the money to go to which of these three charities do you want to sort of put it towards yeah um and they choose, and we go with it. Uh, if it's a team of, of painters, uh, we talk to the team lead, and either the team lead decides or the team lead uh, confers with the rest of the team. Um, we're not, not too worried about how they do it. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> either way, it's going somewhere clearly for a good cause. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kind of picturing... It's going to be one of those three that we've uh, we've identified as great places. Yeah. I imagine the team's just like Rochambeau for the right to choose. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Very mature. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess the one thing that is kind of blowing my mind about this whole process is actually coordinating a bunch of artists to get shit done. <laughs> like... I'm just, the more I think about it, the more I'm just, like, almost getting anxiety thinking about how much work it would go into, like, actually making something as cool as this happen. Again, like you said, 12 min, uh, single models, but the fact that you have multiple armies that need to be put together is crazy to me, and the fact that that actually, you get it, you get it done. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and um, when I when I first started uh, working uh, on the Nova Open board, uh, it was 2014, no, sorry, 2015 was my first year on the Nova Open Board. 2014, I uh, coordinated the two. No, coordinated the, the 40k army. Gotcha. And so I think we had uh, 10 or 12 painters on that, and we did an Ultramarines army. Um, so yeah, that was a lot of fun uh, to sort of get that squared away. Oh, ooh. yeah, that's right. So, so that blows me away. The fact that you could throw five dollars at that and potentially end up with a pro like when the term pro painted gets thrown around a lot but <laughs> like when i say pro painted in this case it's it's actually artists i feel like you a really good looking model just yes. put the professional at the end there yeah if it's if it just has pro it probably yeah. 
looks amazing and should go for hundreds of dollars on eBay. Yes, hundreds, but possibly hundreds. even dozens. <laughs> at least at least fourteen thirty five for eighteen models. Um, but no, like <laughs> these are phenomenally done, and some of the people that you have working on these projects are very well known, either professional painters or even studio painters that work for some of the different companies. That's yeah, that's absolutely correct. I was gonna yeah, I was gonna say the the hordes army that we have is a trollkin force. Uh, that includes models by uh, Matt DiPietro, who used to work, uh, used to be the studio painter for Prime Day Press. Yeah, a bit of a name. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah, a bit of a name. Uh, and Dallas Kemp, who is the current studio painter for uh, Private Day Press, as well as uh, Sam Lentz, who uh, is one of Grandmaster uh, Award at uh, the Gen Con Private Day Press painting competition, uh, and, and a bunch of other folks as well uh who've done fantastic stuff so uh james craig uh yeah. justin mccoy from sequel miniatures nice. uh chris surrey uh everybody whose name i forget they're gonna hit me i'm sure um <laughs> ben carver uh will richardson uh aggie uh Duos. does this feel uh, kind of like an oscars acceptance speech right now where you're like <laughs> fuck i've got to thank everybody <laughs> I could go on forever, and so I apologize in advance. For those we'll just play you off, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. uh, in the, uh, oh, sorry, Aaron Lovejoy. Oh, well. yeah. Yep. Speaking of uh, spectacular uh, commissioned painters, professional painters. I took, a, I took a class with him at Las Vegas Open. He he can paint. Oh, yeah. 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 He knows he how to do it. And he's, and he's, a, he's a nice guy, too. Yeah, he is, for sure. As opposed to all those professional painters that are just dicks. <laughs> there's there's got to be some. I don't know who they are, but yeah, there's be some. Good cover. I have yet to really <laughs> meet any. A lot of the, a lot of the the painting community seems very, really, like, really supportive uh, and really friendly with like getting a lot of the fact that they can come together and do this is kind of indicative of yeah, totally how awesome a lot of these painters really totally. are. Totally. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think um, I think particularly over the last uh, decade or so, there's been a a, a, a genuine move. Uh, and a deliberate move by a lot of people in the in the uh, community away from the idea of, well, I've I've got this skill and no, I'm not going to teach you because then you'll have the skill as well. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's just it's incredibly open, it's uh, incredibly wonderful and sharing. Yeah, um, and people are. I, for me, it comes down to I want to see more coi- cool toy soldiers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. You're 100 percent right. 100 yeah. percent right. Anything that I can do to help there'd be more cool toy soldiers in the world. Yes. That sounds like a perfect thing, right? So, like, that seems like a perfect segue moment, but I feel like we're not done talking about the the charity raffle yet. So I think at the the very least we could start with, uh, is there a web address, perhaps, that these lovely people can go to and uh, pick up some raffle tickets? Oh, definitely. Let's, uh, yeah, let's go with that. Um, NovaOpenFoundation.org. Yep. So, NovaOpenFoundation.org. Uh, it's there's uh go to that look for the uh current raffles uh drop down menu uh and you can check out all of the raffles that we've got going um i'll give you a, a quick should i give a quick rundown of what we've got sure yeah definitely I'd hey man it's your time we're sitting here drinking beer if you want to keep talking about this we'll we're happy to listen plus i also need to i also need to know what i'm gonna buy tickets for cool okay I, I, yeah. um we, we mentioned uh i mentioned the five dollar price tag before for mortarian yeah um there are, I think there are a couple of other uh, $5 price tags, but most of these are $2 um, tickets. Which is absurd. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
so uh, we've got a uh, Horus Heresy Iron Warriors army, which is about 2,000 points. Nice. Uh, we've got a Horus Heresy World Eaters army, which is also about 2,000 points. You're really speaking our language. You're two for two so far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want Horus Heresy Iron Warriors, and Dan wants Horus Heresy World Eaters. So. Yeah, I do not want to paint them. I just want to have them. I think a good uh, $100, $200 worth of tickets should uh, should give you a really good chance. Yeah, it's All a right. good place to start. All right. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Um, for 40K armies, we've got a, uh, a Death Watch army, which is uh, heavily converted. Hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a fairly small, sort of tight um, elite forces. Probably, I'm going to guess it's about 1,200 points, 1,500 points. Gotcha. Uh, there is a huge, absolutely huge Ultramarines, uh, Primaris Marine army, which is over a hundred infantry models, uh, 10 vehicles plus. Oh wow. That's crazy. Uh, um, it's got a uh, robo girly man. <laughs> I think, I think you said that exactly correct. Yeah. I, I, I believe so. Yeah. It's, uh, that's, that's the high Gothic version. Yes. Yes. Um, and a, uh, the, uh, Aquila, uh, Stronghold. Oh, really? Piece. Yeah, which is super huge. Uh, so that's about 4,000 points, I think. Oh, wow. Primaris Marines. Yeah, well, 100 Primaris Marines, they ain't cheap. Is that one of the points. $5 ones, or can people get in on that for 2 bucks? People can get in on that one for 2 bucks, I believe. Wow. Why would you not throw at least $10 at that? Yeah, that's ins- <laughs> you'd have to be an idiot not to, really. I feel like, I th- I feel like I'm trying to like use this as a medium to like endorse your whole raff- like the whole raffle to other people on the internet. But I'm just sitting yep. here going, I want that one, I want that one, I want that one, I want that one. <laughs> yeah, for, for my sake, don't, don't, but, you know, you probably should. It's the, it's the tough thing, isn't it? Yeah. You, want, you want to buy tickets, you want to win, so you yes. don't want other people to buy it, but it's a great cause. Exactly. So you want other people to buy tickets. Yeah, that's uh, you summed it up. Yeah. Uh, I, I go through this every year, but unfortunately <laughs> for me, I'm not allowed to buy any tickets. Oh, so you don't have that conflict. It's perfect. No, I, well... I know that I would have that conflict. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look, Dave Taylor wins again. (laughs) How awesome would that be? Uh, We have, uh, so there's that Ultramarine Army. We've got the the Hordes uh, Trollkin Force, which is 75 point uh, point force. Very nice. Uh, We have uh, an Infinity Army, which is a Yujing Army. Yep. Uh, I'm not at all sure how many points that is. Well, if it's more I than ten models, it's, it's basically a full army, so you're good to go there. Yeah, I think it's I think it's about the 450, 500 points. Yep, yep, that makes sense. Somewhere in there, uh, we have a Star Wars Legion uh, starter set. Cool, nice. which is uh, basically the the core box plus um, an ATST and the airspeeder. Yep, uh, which is really cool. Uh, we have a X-wing uh, scum and villainy fleet, which is a repaint. Oh, cool. Uh, which has been done by uh, Madeline Cockerell, who's doing a spectacular job again. She does fantastic work. Uh, I'd like repaint. to see that one. That would be that would be good. I always like the X-Wing stuff that's repainted. I always think that's just, like, super cool. And just in time for version 2. Yeah, no kidding. Yep. Indeed. So, all good there. Uh, single, sorry, detachments. The two detachments we have are... Wrath of King's Celestial Host, uh, mm-hmm. which are all the like the avatars of the animals. So there's the mm-hmm. monkey, the uh, elephants, the snakes, and the bears. And if you haven't uh, seen those miniatures, those are some of the most most stunning miniatures I've ever seen. Is that that yeah. Uh, range? Yeah, they yeah, are definitely. They're uh, the miniatures themselves are fantastic, and uh, Melissa Powell 
did a uh, spectacular job on those. Mm-hmm. Uh, they look beautiful. Uh, and we also have a Brute Court of Freeton for Dark Age, um, also by Simon. Uh, that's 625 points of Brutes, hmm. and a standard game is around 500 points. So. Wow. Got a little extra. Yep. Definitely uh, definitely good there. So that's the um, they're the detachments. Uh, single minis, we've got, uh, for Horace Heresy, we've got Nathaniel Garrow. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's painted by uh, Sean McAfee, who is Brush for Hire, uh, another uh, professional painter. There we go. Cool. Uh, we've got a 40K bolt pistol uh, prop. What? Uh, I saw a picture yeah. of that. That looks really cool. It does look very cool. It's not uh, It's not quite... Uh, the, the grip isn't quite scaled for uh, marine hands. Oh, like human um, hands, like regular people. Regular people hands. Okay. So it would be perfect for a, uh, like for a commissar or... Um, sister of battle or something like that or me I can see the advertisement right now you know are you smaller than a than an ultramarine the bolt pistol for you (laughs) this is for you uh we have the the mortarian which has been mentioned Mm -hmm. um it's a five dollar uh ticket uh for yeah to win something painted by Duncan Rhodes this is the third year that Duncan has donated a model uh to us um First year was Magnus. Uh, last year was Archeon. This year was Mortarian. That's pretty uh, cool. So this is the one that was actually painted on the GW uh, Warhammer TV stream, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's a 49-minute uh, video that you can go and watch to find out how to paint it. Or <laughs> just, you can buy tickets. Just try and win it. Or you could do both, because then you can actually compare your paint job to his and see what you did right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And Twin Mortarians is always good, right? Yeah. I think that's if playable. Is good, two has to be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you get two detachments for, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're not unique. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we've got a 40k hive tyrant uh, painted by yeah. Mary Prophet, uh, who's another uh, commission painter. She's um, done a spectacular job. She's got a lash whip extended out and wrapped around the head of a uh, of a black templar. I kind of want that. <laughs> yeah, it looks fantastic. Um, we have a Trajan Valoris, who's painted by Keith Rudis, who also painted the Brute Court uh, of Freedon. So Trajan Valoris being the uh, commander of the Adeptus um, yep. Custodes. And if you've been uh, following along with the Bay Area Open, Jeff uh, Robinson did really well with Trajan in his list. So if you like yeah. playing games, he's good Fourth too. Fourth place, I think. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Nice. That's good. Um, I always get a little bit worried by um, like throwing in really expensive characters into my list. Mm, yep. I mean, that's just me. I come from a long line of playing Imperial Guard. So. <laughs> Which is the opposite of special characters. Yeah, who can't yeah, find yeah. it. It's like anybody who costs more than 40 points is like, wow, that's too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> like, how many mortars could I do for that? <laughs> exactly. That's like, a, that's like a whole squad of them, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> I think it's eight mortars, in fact. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, the uh, the next one I'll mention is a uh, it's actually two single miniatures as part of one one thing. It's a collaboration um, effort that I did. Uh, that I painted along with uh, Drew Pelliers, uh, who's a friend of mine from um, France via well no from the UK via France. Gotcha. I'm not sure. He's French, but he lives in Nottingham. Uh, <laughs> he painted a beautiful uh, Primaris uh, lieutenant. Okay. Uh, captain one of the two uh and i painted up a uh, lord of contagion from the uh, oh nice the uh, 40k starter set so very much tying into sure. that starter set 
Yeah. 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 Uh, and we call that tainted blood. <laughs> I like that. So, uh, and the last 40k piece we've got is uh, a Primaris captain painted by uh, Roman Lapat of the Ooh. Massive Voodoo blog. Oh, that's actually. I want that one too. <laughs> no, also, also the other previous one you talked about, very impressive painter. I really want that one as well. I feel like I jumped the gun a little bit hard after you're talking about the one that you did. So, <laughs> here's the model I painted. Hmm, nice. Here's the model Roman painted. I want that. <laughs> that. That's how I. That's how I heard it. I'm not at all offended. It's fine. Sorry. No, um, Roman's got Roman's got a brilliant, uh, brilliant sense of uh, light. Uh, the the way that he treats light his painting is uh, it's spectacular i think that primaris captain is a great example of it hmm. um, but yeah it's a beautiful model very cool uh and we also have a couple other things in there we've got um a or oh, sorry moving to uh, so roman also supplied a uh, like a minotaur from uh, massive darkness the uh, board game okay uh, very cool uh, the red bull uh does it give you wings a, Pardon? Does it give you wings? I, I I think you'd have to win it to find out. <laughs> it's a good answer. May also may answer. also just cause temporary alertness and wakefulness. This is true. This well, is if true. you win it, I yeah. guarantee you that would happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you spend so much time looking at it. And um, the cost of a ticket is cheaper than a can of Red Bull. That's true. This is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, much better investment. <laughs> Without a doubt. Uh, we also have a uh, Star Wars Legion uh, Darth Vader, uh, painted by Mark Sarastro, hmm. um, who has um, who is, is well known internet wide for his uh, painting tutorials, particularly for uh, Star yep. Wars minis. Very nice. Um, he has a huge range of uh, videos on. Uh, so if you look for Sarastro's painting on uh, YouTube, you can check out all of his uh, the Star Wars Legion uh, Imperial. Uh, sorry, Star Wars Imperial Assault. Painting tutorials that he's done. Uh, he's doing a lot of Legion tutorials now. But, uh, spectacular stuff, uh, and a couple of uh, lovely whimsical pieces from uh, Sean Fulton and Tish Walter. So there's a Orc Berserker and a Jester Frog. From, uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, a Jester Frog from Dark Sword um, minis is, is great. Sean is um, one of the ways we, we talked before about like the anxiety caused by hurting the cats. Um, in the cat's <laughs> case being the... Um, the painters. The painters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I have a, a number of uh, team leads that uh, so I can talk directly with like six or seven team leads rather than 50 painters. Yeah. Delegation uh, Sean, helps. Yeah. Sean is my uh, single miniature guy. So okay. If I, if I need to get information from him, I'll say, uh, or from any of the single miniature painters, it's like, hey, Sean, can you let me know this? Uh, Sean will get the information and feed it back to me. Uh, it also, um, having the team leads is a good thing because uh, the, those team leaders can then focus on keeping their team on track, uh, on encouraging them, enthusing them, uh, challenging them, uh, all that sort of stuff. Uh, so like James Craig, for example, who put together the, the Hordes uh, Trollkin army uh, and the team for that, he set up a, a closed pace, uh, Facebook page for that group so they could um, sort of 
keep up to date. They could post information about what the bases, how the bases should be painted, what color schemes for the, or what colors we use for the skin, and, and that sort of thing to try and keep things as coherent as possible. Yeah, yeah that, that, makes sense. that coordination yeah. goes a long way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it was really nice to have those those team leads um, working through those sort of aspects. For but, sure. Uh, I think I think I've covered everything except for the Warlord Titan. So yeah, I'm come back to that. <laughs> kind of the biggest one for last, I guess. Yeah. If there's anything yeah. bigger, I'd be shocked. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Emperor um, Titan? <laughs> that is not a thing yet. Yet. Not, Maybe someday. Yeah, not, not an official model just yet. Yep. Probably cost about as much as a small car, but I would yeah. hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the, uh, the Warlord, you can certainly get uh, second-hand cars for less than a I was going to say, you can get a pretty decent used car for the cost of a Warlord Titan. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, we've got the Warlord Titan there, which is painted by uh, my buddy John Steining, uh, who's been painting, I've been sort of painting charity stuff with him since 2010. And, uh, yeah, he was just, uh, last year we at the convention, we walked around the Forge World booth, uh, checking things out. and listing. The, the, the boxes of Warlord Titans. And he was like, oh, I'd really like to paint one of those, Dave. You should get a Warlord, uh, Warhound, and we'll, we'll paint it as if it's like, beating up the warhound and just dragging it along behind him. We'll paint it as if it's the most expensive diorama ever made. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was the uh, that was the pitch from yeah. and I was like, "Ah, I don't know. Um that sounds like a great idea." Um and then I conveniently forgot about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fair about, enough. Yeah, about, <laughs> about um 2 or 3 months ago, uh John sort of shot me a message and said, "Hey Dave, check this out. What do you think?" And I was like, Warlord Titan. I said, that looks awesome. He said, when would you like me to drop it off? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Uh, so yeah, he uh, got a Warlord Titan, painted it up, and has donated it. Uh, so, And he's done a spectacular job on it. Yeah, I was going to say, I was looking at the pictures on this one. This is one that I will, guaranteed, uh, put a couple of tickets towards. Because, the first of all, it's a Warlord Titan. That goes without saying. But the paintwork on it, like the the flames that he's done on it, are super cool. Like it's not just airbrushed with a gradient and that kind of stuff. There's a lot of love put into the model. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah, very definitely. Um, John is is all about uh, spectacular um, painting, and particularly over the last five or six years, he's put a lot of work into really learning uh, his um, what's the word I'm looking for? Basically really upping his skill on uh his vehicles yeah well it shows it totally yeah. shows and it'll definitely pay off for some lucky son of a gun in a couple of weeks here yep oh indeed indeed uh it, it's one that we're we're a little bit worried about how we're going to ship it <laughs> uh, we were talking about it you need to go through the airport with one of those baby carriers on uh, you know strapped on the front with just a warlord titan it's perfect yeah, I think we the baby bjorn yeah yeah just yeah. like oh yeah well, really, you just get two seats on an airplane and just, like, deliver it personally. Because it yeah. probably costs yeah. the same as shipping it, to be honest. It, it, it might, it may come down to that. But with a little bit of luck, somebody who's at the convention wins that raffle. And yeah. then it's yeah. their problem. Exactly. That, that would be, that would be uh, ideal. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to count on that, though. But, uh, but John and I have talked about it. If, if somebody within about eight hours drive of D.C., Baltimore... Um, wins it, he and I will jump in a car and drive it to them. 
which is uh, also the crazy. The fact that you guys are willing to do that speaks volumes about the whole the whole charity. Well, yeah, it's it, it's it's something that would be fun and cool. And uh, I I have my own Warlord Titan uh, that I painted up a couple of years ago, yeah. so I, I would love to sort of stick that in the car as well, and then meet the winner at their local gaming store and play a game. That would be absolutely wild. Oh man, that so would be so. Cool. I plan on getting a Warlord Titan this summer, but it'll be an eight mil scale for Titanicus, which is not the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How cool is that looking? Yeah, that game does look pretty my, badass. My wallet is crying already. Yeah, I was at my uh, my local gaming store yesterday, and I said, "So, do you know any information about it?" And they were like, uh, "Only only what we've seen online. They haven't given us any any dates or any prices or whatever." Sure. And I said, "Okay, well, the, apparently there's a big." like Grandmaster's box. Yep, that one. that's the one. Put, put that one aside for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with that. no questions asked, put one aside and I'll come in and pick it up kind of thing. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I have to. I think everybody in the podcast is going to be picking that up. I know Mike is, you are. I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to pick up the Grandmaster box. That might be a bit much, but I'm definitely going to pick up yep. one of those Warlord Titans. See, I'm a little bit miffed because like, I just bought Kill Team and I'm like, <laughs> this game is amazing. And I dropped like the couple hundred dollars to get the starter and obviously I had to get the Orc box as well, and I still need to get the other terrain packs, and then within like a month or two, they're going to be dropping that shit on me? Well, it's kind of what we've all talked about. It's a golden age of wargaming. There's so many games out there, and everybody seems to be doing everything right. Like, there's not a lot of bad right now. Yeah, it's, it, it is amazing. It's uh, I think we, we've gone through a, a point where, let's say, like three or four years ago, uh, before GW sort of came back, Yep. Uh, and there were, there were so many independent games being uh that, that were being released yeah being put out there. i don't think that has slowed at all That's, no I, I don't think it, it has either i think you're totally right that it's in fact it might have even picked up in a lot of ways and yeah and, and now games workshop is going well age of sigma second edition uh kill teams yep um titanicus uh battle of pelinor fields shade spire all the rings back to store yeah um Oh, just like boom, 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 yeah. boom. Ah! I know. So I, I, I had to make a choice the other day. It was like, I'm going to go Adeptus Titanicus instead of Kill Team. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, make rent or buy more Warhammer. <laughs> or, like. Oh, no, no, no. Because <laughs> that's the kind of choice I think a lot of people are facing right now. <laughs> I'm also disappointed in you. Like, Kill Team is really cool. <laughs> well, it's, it's one of those things where, at the moment, uh, so I'm working on. Uh, I'm really focused on getting everything done for my book i, I oh know nice I'm segue enough time to paint and play a whole bunch of kill team stuff yeah totally yeah totally so, but i can come back around to it later on sort of in the the second wave of excitement about it see me like that so rogue trader box kill team. yeah because rogue trader is actually going to be an expansion for kill team so it'll it'll come back for a second wave for sure yeah 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 the, yeah the rogue trader um all the stuff that we've seen from that that looks spectacular i'll definitely be buying that whether i play till team or not <laughs> so, so we, we totally missed a segue there that you kind of nicely yeah dropped. but we just before we get into the other segue okay. um i just a little clean up things about this raffle so Sorry. does it matter where you live in the world no it does not uh you can buy tickets from anywhere you buy them online uh it's through paypal we do have a minimum uh purchase of ten dollars on the site that's because for purchases below that, the PayPal fees uh, start ramping up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I don't think uh, anybody's going to have a problem with that. <laughs> yeah. $10? No, it's, it's pretty good. It's incredibly easy to, uh, to do it. I think the average um, 
Ford's average sale at the moment is about $30. Okay. Which seems so, about fair, because like 30 bucks is not even really most boxes of anything you play these days. Yeah. So for less than the price of um, a Marines. box of Tactical sure. Marines, you can have a chance at like a dozen different raffles. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We're pretty amazing. Or uh, for the cost yeah, of sake. So, um, and yes, we will ship to anywhere in the world. Uh, we've shipped to Australia before. We've shipped to Japan, to the UK, to Europe, uh, to Canada. Nice. That's I like how we relevant. make the list. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to make sure. It yeah. wasn't one of those ones where, oh, you just glossed over us. <laughs> no. You'd be surprised how many do. Or like, not. I, I think we, we just glossed over Europe, right? We just lumped everybody in together. Yes, exactly. Oh, there's not yeah. a lot of war gamers over there, I don't think. No. No, not, not many at all. England's pretty light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. Uh, but yeah, so I think so that covers that. Uh, most tickets are $2, mo- uh, some are $5. Um, Purchase from anywhere in the world. We cool. will ship anywhere in the world. Uh, September second, uh, noon Eastern Summer Time is when the raffles close. That is very good to know. So you have about a month, um, roughly. That's awesome. Uh, and uh, yeah, hopefully everybody who's listening will head there now and make their purchases. I'm sure we have more than a few listeners that will. And uh, I think among guaranteed. I think among us for the podcast crew, we might be inflating that thirty dollar average if we're not careful. So yeah, <laughs> uh, Iron Warriors and World Eaters alone. Oh, I mean, yeah. pretty much all the above, really. <laughs> there isn't really anything you listed that I'm like, eh, like almost, like everything is really exciting. Yeah, and it's a case of like, I, I'd throw five bucks at that, right? Like, yeah, no problem with that. I, if I, I Mortarian by Duncan uh, would be crazy to have on the mantle. Like, that would be an insane conversation piece for other gamers. Well, and really, I really want a Mortarian model to play with, but I really don't want to have to paint that thing. Because <laughs> there's so much detail. Yeah, it's a cool model. Yeah. I've, uh, I've just recently finished one off for uh, a commission. And, yes, I do not want to paint another one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it is a lot of work. The, the amount of detail, as you said, is just incredible. I thought the uh, the plague marines were full of detail. Yeah, yeah. Then well, just like dial it up by twenty. Well, all the new Nurgle stuff has been like that. It's just the models are amazing. I, yeah. Nurgle's actually I so I typically don't like uh, models that are painted in like a dirtier style. I I like my clean lines like Eldar and that kind of stuff. But yeah. uh, the new Death Guard, I've actually kind of been thinking about here and there. Painting up a single model would be they're just so cool, and it'd be a bit of a model to push myself with too. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. No, it's definitely, um, definitely. They're definitely models that you can push yourself with. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And world eaters were the same for me a couple of years ago, just in terms of the white armor, which I don't normally do with a lot of weathering and some gore and some other effects. Like it is a good thing to push yourself in a, a different style direction once in a while. Yeah, or a bit on an army that you could just, you know, throw some tickets at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So auction, there, there is that. Big, raffles are even better. But let's say hypothetically you don't win these raffles. Like I know, obviously. Everyone that's listening to this who's thinking, I want that model, you're going to win. It'll be fine. But yep. let's say you can't win that, especially the armies, right? Oh, I see and you have to do it yourself. If only there was a book to help you with that. My goodness. And that's uh, the segue. <laughs> I, I think that, um, yeah, painting, uh, painting armies can be, uh, can be really daunting. I think we've all sat down and gone, oh my god, what am I going to do? Where do I start? Yep, I'm doing On that right now. daily basis. 
Yep. Uh, excellent. Yes. Uh, the the reason that we've segued to this is because uh, <laughs> so smooth. <laughs> I force those segues harder than the police officers that drive them. <laughs> nice. Uh, yes, I'm writing a book. Yeah. At the moment, I am most of the way through. Um, well, I say most. It's probably I'm about almost three quarters of the way through um, writing the book uh, called Armies and Legions and Hordes, uh, which is essentially a, a project management book for toy soldiers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the, the idea is to uh, provide a lot of um, thought-provoking uh, commentary and suggestions on, um, on how people, uh, on the process of, um, of putting together armies and painting them and, and completing them. Yeah, I really, I really like this idea because I know there's, there's so many tutorials out there on how to paint a single miniature from a variety of crystal brush winners or golden beam winners or that kind of thing. But there's, yep. there's not a lot of material out there on how you actually put an army together, how you pick colors, what processes you use to make it, you know, manageable and not just, again, completely overwhelming and daunting where people a lot of times don't finish projects because they're just, well, in a lot of ways, terrified of trying to bite off a, a, a manageable chunk. And, in, and honestly, not everyone can use my solution of just switch the kill team. <laughs> yeah, it, I, some of us have to choose between Kill Team and Adeptus Titanicus. Yeah, so, uh, there, there must be another way. <laughs> <laughs> there must be, <laughs> must be. So for uh, those of the, that haven't had a chance, you, you uh, actually uh, put this up on on Kickstarter, and uh, ev- there was a huge response to it. So it's not just like you're writing a, a book. People are super excited about this too. Yeah, yeah. Earlier this year, um, March, April, I uh, ran a Kickstarter for it. Uh, it would, went uh, incredibly well. Uh, I was very, very humbled by uh, how well sort of people reacted to the to the ideas, to the concept, yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, the as we went through the the process of that Kickstarter, the uh, the book itself grew, um, added a whole bunch of chapters. Yeah. Uh, at the time, I was calling uh, thinking of them as articles, so like a six page article or an eight page yeah. article. Um, because I've done a lot of work on magazines, so I always think about that sort of thing as an article. Um, somebody suggested to me the other day that it should be called a, uh, a case study. If I'm talking about this, the rest of this is project management. Each of these is like a case study. I really um, like that that analogy. I think that uh, that's sort of like a, a we call them post mortems in the line of work that I'm I do. So when you finish a project, you sort of talk about what went well and what went poorly and how to do better next time. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 definitely that kind of um, focus uh, or that that kind of approach. With a particular look at, um, rather than going like doing a, a full postmortem for each project, mm-hmm. um, they they focus on an aspect. So it might be what was the inspiration, and how did I carry that inspiration through the entire project? Um, when did I have to keep coming back to it, um, or when did I have to come back to it, uh, or how did I plan the project? Um, yeah, um, and that uh, that case study will be on focused on um, the planning aspects or what kept me motivated uh, through through a particular project uh, that motivation that's, one that's a huge one I know that's a yeah. lot of people that's that's you get excited about a project you get through the first unit or whatever and then that's where it starts to fall apart a little bit so, so that's cool. is there a segment for talking about the fact that new minis come out that you really want to paint more than the minis you're currently working on <laughs> um, I think there's there's going to be a 
Uh, <laughs> I, it sounds like a fun joke, but uh, as we know, that's all super real. Yep. Yeah, that hits way too close <laughs> to home. Yeah, it's. I'm yeah. supposed to be painting Nurgle right now, and instead I'm like, ooh, Grotz and Kill Team. What am I doing? <laughs> um, I think it's... Uh, there, there will be something in there, and, and most of that should, that should be covered in the in the planning sort of aspect. Okay. Uh, there's a there's also a, a section on uh, expectations, and I think that mm. covers expectations as well. Uh, if you expect that there's going to be something, and the, the pace that things are being released at the moment, we should all expect that there's going to be something that, that grabs our fancy. Um, so I think you you plan plan some time into your schedule uh, and say, okay, this this week in the middle of the, the project or this two weeks in the middle of the project, I'm going to take off from the project and I'm going to do something different. I'm going to dabble in whatever that other thing is. Get a palette cleanser. I'm going to get that new box of, of grots for my kill team or <laughs> I'm going to get the, um, I'm going to pick up Mortarion and I'm going to assemble him. Yeah. Won't paint him. I'll save that for later. But it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like doing something different um, from what you're, the project you're working on. Um, so planning that in is important. And if you know that you're the kind of person who's regularly distracted by that kind of thing, that doesn't sound like most, me. most of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, then make sure that that's part of your expectations for the project. Yeah, I like that. That sounds pretty amazing. And thank you for giving us free content for your amazing book. <laughs> oh no worries not a problem um, so what one it, of the questions that i had is what's what kind of audience you envisioning reads this book is this something that like beginners would read or is it something that everybody would read or advanced painters that every single person on the planet yeah anybody that's uh yeah everybody let's go with everybody even if you don't paint miniatures it's good for your life anyone with the dollars I, to buy it <laughs> yeah i i would yeah there you go that's the, that's the target audience anybody with the money to buy it no um it would be awesome if everybody did uh but Really, the, the target audience is, is anybody who has somewhere along the way in an army building project or a large wargaming project has stumbled. Well, I think um, that also just about covers everybody. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it does too. I think it, um, I think we've all had a, a struggle. Yeah, uh, along the way, uh, or several. It sounds but, like some um, sort of like AA meeting right now. Yeah. It really should be yeah. MA Hi. Miniatures Anonymous. <laughs> yeah. Hi, my name's Dave, and I never finished my jeans to look old Tommy. So that's the uh, it's it's that kind of thing. It's it, for a lot of it, it's uh, it's philosophy kind of stuff. It's psychology stuff. It's yeah. um, ways to ways to trick yourself <laughs> into yep. thinking that you're much further along than you actually are. Um, it's it's ways to to keep those keep yourself motivated and. Uh, sort of thing basically i want to present it as a whole bunch of here's a whole bunch of ideas that aren't army specific or game specific uh or even period or genre specific mm-hmm. um things that can be applied across the board doesn't matter whether you're painting 15 millimeter um u.s troops for world war ii or um 54 millimeter minis for um a moba style skirmish game yeah so um, anywhere in between, uh, that's the kind of the, the focus for. Well, not really focus. It's a very broad spread. But <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I love about is, it, though, is it's uh, not it's not focused. It and hopefully, learn from it. 
Yeah, what I was going to say, that's what I love about it, is it doesn't have, like, a, a specific genre focus or whatever. These are just, if you play with miniatures and you're you're building a forest, this makes sense. And one of the things yeah. I'm really excited about with it is, especially, like, based on the stuff you've done in the past, I'm I'm imagining some really cool photos and oh yeah, uh, of, like, gorgeous models that it almost feels like it could be a really good coffee table book for your for a gamer. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, it's gonna. It might sound odd, but I, that's one of the things that I was sort of also thinking uh, when I had my my vision of it of what it could be. Uh, and thankfully, the the uh, Kickstarter uh, success has, has meant that it's it's definitely going to be able to be that that kind of thing. Um, yeah, like the quality is going to be up there, that kind of thing. It's not. Uh, yeah, it's going to be. It's going to yeah. be good. And yeah, it's cool. It was like um, I, I'm hoping to get maybe 200 people to. To buy this book and uh if we get 200 people then i'll get it printed digitally uh digital printing is never quite as good as uh, like web uh web press printing okay. um, or sort of the standard way that like magazines are printed and uh and all the, the codexes and other army books that we love uh so thankfully uh yeah the, the number of backers means that i can uh, go for that web press printing and produce a really Really nice book. That's awesome. Yeah, so I'm no, super excited. About I was that. just gonna say it's it seems like a great coffee table book, and I have a, a he, pretty good collection of coffee table books. I don't actually currently have a coffee table, so if you want to design a coffee table, I would also be interested in that. <laughs> well, well I, what I can do is I I can go kind of Seinfeld on this, and much like the fold out legs, the coffee table book about coffee tables that turns into a coffee table. <gasps> yeah. Oh man, I kind of want that. What or. <laughs> I'm just picturing now like a, a pop-up book with pop toy up soldiers. Pop-up book on how to build war games terrain that turns into a war games table. Oh, <laughs> boom. This is, your, this is our second Kickstarter right here. Dave Taylor and Hobby Night in Canada presents. The most ridiculous product ever made. Yeah. <laughs> that would be fantastic. We should definitely do it. Yeah, okay. Let's, let's talk after the show. Sounds good. Right. Definitely. Um, so, honestly, the, the question that really burns to me is, so the, the Kickstarter's over. Yeah. Um, so for those of us who were like under that rock that we were talking about earlier, um, backer kit question mark that that don't actually that didn't get in on that, like is it still possible to get this book? Because um, it sounds amazing and I want it, and I imagine other people listening who also were unfortunate enough to miss it on the Kickstarter, like how do we get this thing if we didn't get involved already? Sure thing. Um, well. It- it's, a, it's funny that you should mention back a kit. Uh, I do, uh, well, at the time of recording, because I'm not sure when this is going to hit uh, hit the <laughs> internet, um, I, I fear it may not be uh, tomorrow. So uh, <laughs> it, it might be. I got hit by a baseball in the ankle, so I might not go to work. Okay. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's gross looking, as a side note. But that's it's a good thing it's a podcast, not a video blog type thing because my ankle's disgusting right now and don't worry we already took photos with nurgle models so it's good awesome <laughs> is it is, is your ankle the backdrop it, it's the scenery okay. actually in that diorama yeah. photo i can send you a picture later it's pretty gross that's awesome i want to see it uh <laughs> but um no the uh the back again actually closes tomorrow oh jesus oh. okay uh, so uh but what i will do is um if folks uh, aren't able to get onto the, the back and get the pledge manager, the pre-order stuff, uh, send me an email. Okay. Uh, my email address is Taylor 
all one word, Tanis Taylor, uh, at gmail.com. Perfect. And I will put you onto a list of people to contact uh, as soon as I have printed copies to be able to ship out to people. Uh, and we can we can make that happen. That's fantastic. That's really cool. I think you might get a couple of sales out of us too because that book sounds right up our alley. Yep. Especially with those fold-out legs. Yeah, no, Ward's, yeah. Ward's not here tonight, unfortunately, but this is this is what he needs, like, desperately. Yeah. Oh, so desperately. <laughs> is there an entire chapter on repriming models once you're halfway done? Because that's his style. Okay. Um, there isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Good. But you have given me a, a starting point for my, uh, the sec- well, my third book now after the pop-up one. Um, Don't prime those models, done. Well, maybe we can put we can put it in as a chapter in the uh, pop up book. I'll let you guys decide. Okay, yeah. Just kind of like an awkward person like spraying up at you in the face, and it's like, did that feel good? Now imagine how your models felt. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, that's perfect. Uh, slightly off putting. Yep. <laughs> that's the point. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be super cool. But yeah, what I'm hoping is that uh, I've got to have a couple of conversations at uh, Gen Con this coming weekend and. Uh, with some folks in the UK to hopefully secure some distribution uh, post uh, sending the books out to backers. Cool. Uh, so, fingers crossed they will, will appear in uh, friendly local, local gaming stores. Uh, but if not, there should be copies available online as well. Well, that's fantastic, yeah. Yeah, I'm so, excited for that one already. All good. Super excited. Well, we should probably get uh, let you go here because you got to head off to Gen Con, speaking of which. Uh, but it's been yeah. a pleasure chatting with you. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. It's been uh, great chatting with you guys. Um, very cool. Thank you very much for having me on as your uh, your first phone-in guest. Well, we had to we had to do something important. And you were you were so gentle and kind, and it just it made it made the whole experience like <laughs> really magical. And I'm just I'm just really appreciating it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I'll be. I, I told myself I wouldn't cry after. Oh my god, it's been wonderful. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's that's great, guys. Um, I do appreciate it. Uh, the, the Novo Open Charitable Foundation appreciates it. Uh, I think the the um, the raffles that we've got going are, are super cool. So don't yep. forget that's uh, NovaOpenFoundation.org. Uh, all of your listeners should race there now if they yep. haven't already, and. Uh, to um, support some great causes. 100%. I know I will be uh, doing that for sure. Buy all the tickets. Yep. All of them. All of them. Fantastic. Great. Well, thanks a bunch, man. Uh, Have fun at Gen Con, and uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing that book finished because I kind of need it in my dirty fingers. (laughs) Cool. Excellent. (laughs) We'll we'll see you later. Cool. Thanks very much, guys. I appreciate it. Talk to you later. Bye. So I hope you guys enjoyed that segment. Uh, it was a lot of fun to record, and he is a super fantastic dude. Check out his Kickstarter. Please check out those charity... Um, Nova Open Foundation. The Nova Open Foundation, because like the models are fucking awesome. Yep. The price is spot the raffle, on. The raffle's good. Like, if you can just 10 bucks towards charity for a chance at winning some of the coolest shit ever, like why the fuck wouldn't you? So do it. Make it even cooler. Bring some of that shit back to Canada, because apparently some of it started here. And the last thing we want is it for staying in the States, you know? Yeah. Gotta keep that shit out of Trump's America. (laughs) Got political. Yeah, briefly. 
You know, we don't get that political that often, but... Yes. Preston Manning and Trump in... Preston Manning uh, and Trump. Three, one, four. <laughs> <laughs> one episode. Oh, man. That was, that was a fun start. I'll be honest with you guys. So, um, speaking of starts, we, ha- we started a little over four years ago. And when I think back of, like, this podcast's origins and, like, where it started and where it is now, it is... It's been a wild ride of hobby, because... To put it in context, the, uh, the the we were kind of talking about the idea of a podcast kind of casually, a few of us at like different points, like Dan and I were talking about it, and I think Ward and Steve were kind of talking about it, and like Mike, and like it was kind of this nebulous, we didn't really have a solid idea yet, and Ward and I went to a Dystopian Wars tournament down in Calgary, which... <laughs> of all tournaments to attend. Of all tournaments to attend, and so we went down there, and... On the way back, we were kind of hashing out the idea a little bit more, and that's when the idea of, like, why don't we make it, like, real Canadian? And then the name Hobby Night in Canada came up, and then shortly after that, I got together with my drummer, and I'm like, all right, dude, we got to do a theme song for this thing. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and we whipped it up, and it was, it actually went pretty fast at that point to go from, like, once we had that name, like, everything went really quick. We and wanted to get together, yeah, really fast and start, uh start putting some information out there and some episodes and yeah yeah and just doing all that and like when i think about the like the hobby if nothing else the focus of my hobby and how i've been hobbying and the games i've been playing during that time like what the fuck i feel like i look back on some of the stuff and i'm kind of embarrassed (laughs) (laughs) i like dystopian wars what the fuck that game sucks like it was fun for the first, like, ten games, and then you're like, oh, yeah, there's no scenarios. That's Same a problem. Thing. Kill some boats. Oh, fuck! I also did a Firestorm Armada uh, fleet during that time. Oh, I forgot all about that. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> That's a problem. Oh, yeah, I painted one of those, too. Oh, God damn it, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, you know what else you did in that time? What? Um, what was the Firestorm Armada ground game? Oh, oh, right. Uh, I can't remember now, but, yeah, I did... I did yeah, I did Planetfall too. Yeah, two of them. Fucking Christ! <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, but like, yeah, I guess let's just maybe talk for a little bit about like where the fuck this podcast went. Like, I even just reviewing. If people haven't listened to all the podcasts, not everyone would know we were briefly sponsored by a beer company called Moose Knuckle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that didn't last too long. I don't know if we actually made any measurable impact in their sales, other than when we bought their beer. No, they gave it to us. Yeah, but there were times where we also bought it. Did we? I yeah. think so. Once. I bought it once on tour, because I was in <laughs> Saskatchewan, and I was already kind of drunk, and it looked hilarious. Fair um, enough. But, like, so we were briefly sponsored. Man, we haven't had a Gutsy or Goatsy in forever. Yeah. That's unfortunate. That's okay. <laughs> you know, like, that yeah. was a pretty big part of it for a while. Lots of different systems, like Hobby ADD for sure, like bouncing around to... All Wait, that's changed? <laughs> <laughs> what? No, not for most of us. Steve's been pretty consistent. Well, yeah, Steve's, Steve's boring. Steve thinks he's the consistent boring. one because 40k, but I think I've also been very consistent in that I joke about playing Battletech and I actually do nothing. That hasn't <laughs> changed. <laughs> well, you paint Battletech. You know, like you, once every six months. <laughs> yeah, but you, you've probably... How many, how many mechs have you painted? Like, 30? Uh, 40s? 50s? It's probably 40-something, maybe 50, maybe 50. But, like, you've consistently been painting mechs since we started. 
you know, more than anything else. It's true. You know, <laughs> low bar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very low bar. But you've been doing a lot of the uh, a lot of the BattleTech stuff. Um, I feel like so weird because there was my hatred for Games Workshop was so strong. When we started this podcast. I just looked up the rulebook dates. Uh, we were just starting 7th uh, edition. Tail end of 6th when we started the podcast. Holy hell. That's the measure of when the podcast was... We've seen yeah, three editions of 40k. <laughs> 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 wow, that is actually really depressing. Because 8th edition has been out for a year. Yeah. Yeah, 7th was not around very long. No. no. Well, it was horrible. Like, it was... It was probably the worst edition of 40k ever. Yeah, in fairness, if uh, so, I have done nothing but basically 40k for the entire period, except for a quick foray into drop zone. Um, but at the tail end of seventh, I picked up a ton of Dark Age. I even picked up some War Machine. I was getting ready to not do 40k stuff anymore. And now I'm holding an armature in my hands right now. I'm yeah. <laughs> and now, hey, and my, now I'm it. happy. Hey, Mike. And caressing it. What did you paint for Infinity? Oh, fuck, right. Oh, my <laughs> God, really? <laughs> we totally forgot about Infinity. I have a feeling we skimmed over his pano and stuff. <laughs> yeah, 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 I did the pano, I did the Yujing. I think that's it for it. But, yeah, that's I'm, still yeah. like another 40 models, right? No, you no, no, I'll let you guys have the Nomads, because that's what you wanted. Oh, you let us, thank you. No I problem. finished, I finished uh, three. Yeah, I'm silently judging you a little bit. Just, I'm judging Steve. Everybody, I'm sorry. I can't help it. You just can't. You just can't say out loud. You're silently judging someone. Well, because it's radio, I have to do something, Tom. Come on, just don't say silently. Just say I'm fucking judging Steve. Uh, I do it all the time. <laughs> Judge me? Yeah, oh yeah, pretty much. Fortunately, you actually come up uh, pretty well. My judging, because oh, okay, you're a, cool. you're a dapper chap, Steve. I feel like you're in a good mood today. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so. I guess for me, honestly, the, the biggest roller coaster is my love-hate relationship with Games Workshop. Um, and how they kind of reeled, almost reeled me in a few times and then beat the piss out of me. Because we had uh, end times during this podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that was a thing. That was a pretty big uh, you, excitement boost and then fake out and then rip the rug out from under you. What did you paint for end times, Mike? Oh, yes, Skaven. Skaven, yeah, Skaven, yeah, okay. Did you do a whole Skaven army during the last four years, or was that before? No, I was at the tail end. We were just beginning the podcast, and I think I just finished it. So I, I remember we played it. a couple of games, Skaven on Skaven, yeah. back in, we might have, might have been, yeah, anyways. But you definitely picked up some big Chinese for End Times. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah thank And rounded it out and that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. So, Jesus. Um, but like, I think for me, for me, the other thing is that my love affair with Malifaux kind of flourished around the start of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And over the last year, it's kind of fizzled out. Um, which, I still think it's a good game. It's just... It's just not Blood Bowl. It's just not fucking Blood Bowl, man! <laughs> Blood Bowl's so good! Like, I need all of you fuckers playing Blood Bowl. It's so good. I don't have time. We can play sevens. It's less than an hour. I have too much 40k to paint. <laughs> Paint seven. God damn rats. it, Steve! I bought that for you. You will fucking paint it. Okay. Hey, fun fact: <laughs> just because you buy models for someone does not mean they're going to paint them. Uh, if you do it for me, I do. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> you see? Hey, Mike. I might not play it. Who bought you? But who bought your presents and what did you paint this in the last four years? Uh, don't go there. We can't. We don't have that much time. <laughs> 
But yeah, like any weird shifts for you guys, any of the stuff we did on the podcast or like your own hobby journey in the last couple of years? Well, I think it's one of the interesting trends for me. It's not so much a personal trend, but like maybe an industry one is the ridiculous roller coasters of Kickstarter. Oh. Thing, which we that is also a personal trend. Yeah, which we mentioned uh, earlier with you know Dave Taylor and his his book and stuff. But going back over the last three four years, there have been whether it's Robotech or AVP or some of those ones that were kind of vaporware, Robotech. or some of the cool mini or not ones, which have generally gone fairly smoothly, or some of the, like the hobby products. Like there's been such a dramatic spread of successes and failures and. I think that's been kind of an interesting one just because there have been so many like million dollar projects in gaming and some of them have been pretty epic successes and some of them really have not. Epic failure would be the word for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think to tie in with like the Kickstarter like in the last 4 years just trying to improve my skills um in the hobby aspect specifically like going to classes that weren't ever hosted before. Do you like, now have a specific set of skills? A very specific set of skills. Um, but that also changed uh, some of my purchases where I wanted to try to branch out. Uh, Steve as well, like buying some busts, that sort of thing. Yep, bigger true. scale models. So not necessarily gaming pieces, but also some show pieces. Have you painted some of them? So, uh, just finished like the Conan that uh, we had for the class. But oh, that, cool. That's been about it, like the Luxembra. I have it weird in my head where I'm just like, okay, I take I took this class. I should be working on something, and it's like, oh, this other class is coming up. Well, I'll be a better painter after I take that class, so I won't work on anything that I currently have. So you I need got, to stop oh, going I, to classes. I need to break that shit. Yeah, that's that's. I my do understand that right though. Like, I need to I need to wait to do something better later. Like, yeah, I, I do get that. But yeah. you know what? That's a huge failing. I'm sorry, it is. I, and that's you know why what? I don't paint nearly as much. It's, as it, no, else. it really is. You just you got to dive in and try it. Maybe you'll screw it up. Oh no, you blew a little bit of money. It's you don't feel you got your money's worth. Tough titties. Get something else to make it worth now. I need to bob. Fuck, Mike's hard suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> so am I. I like this new bike. <laughs> I need to bobber off that shit, and if I make a mistake, just put a happy little tree there or something. Like yes, that. exactly. Yeah, make fucking mistakes. You, just you know what? Shit. If you make the mistake, though, it's going to help you learn faster. That's what I learned, with, actually, with cars more than anything, is uh, the first uh, car that I built was a piece of shit, because I did everything wrong. But like holy, exploded axles and stuff? Holy fuck, I learned. You did. Um, and it's Don't look, if it, if it turns out well, great. If it doesn't, you know better next time. Yeah, yeah. generally, generally, if you, you you learn a lot more from a failure than an easy yeah. success in a lot of cases. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. waiting to get it just and, perfect is the same thing. But you know, that's the thing with my Eldar. I, redid, I redid them, uh, you know, and I, I had to do the whole army over again. But it's I'm much happier with but, them. But I think part of that too, also like myself waiting, is because I would reprime and start reworking on something, and then I would just never get that off the ground again that new pro that project yeah i think for me the biggest thing was always like just fucking do it just like yeah. if you have a project in front of you just get it get it done and then kind of like reassess oh. after it's finished oh i also the actor's name I'll just fucking do it in the shia labeouf, shia LaBeouf. <laughs> i'm gonna send that to you every morning for a year i'm gonna write a script to do that <laughs> okay just <laughs> fucking do it or the like uh fan-made robocop where the Oh, he gets shot in the dick a lot? And the guy's like, just, just do it! I will not send that to you, because that is very off-putting. But <laughs> uh, There's an erect penis. Uh, I gestured that with my hand. Also, in the uh, last four years, I also realized that I shouldn't reprime my armies. I should just keep what I already have painted. 
painted. So. Yeah, we were making fun of you for that a long time ago. Yes. Uh, uh, you just didn't learn. So, nice. Ward, uh, we worked together in 2006. Yeah, a few years ago. And I was making fun of you for that then. Yeah. And you worked with Dan prior to that, yeah. and he was making fun of you for I've, it then. I've had a bad run of that, so I like, no, but, I like buying primer. I guess. You know what, though? Like, I, I, I get that, though, because I have my uh, my Yanari list that I've been working on playing and bringing back up to a certain competitive standard, and it's got a lot of models in it, and it's actually kind of tough for me to play because it's, at the time, that I thought was incredible. Um, and now, looking at it, it's pretty dated, and it's kind of tough to actually play. Like, I don't want to put it on the table too. as much as I do... Um, some of my other lists, even though it's probably more competitive. There's a reason I'm going to redo my whole orc army, but I'm not going to reprime it. Okay. Like, I think that's the difference. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like my Shining Spears, I'm not buying any of, uh, I'm not repriming the old Shining Spears. I'm just going to buy new ones, just replace units, cycle them through. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, you have a, like a, a huge collection, which is really cool. And then you also get to see that journey, right? Like, yeah. um, so it, is, still, it is cool to have it side by side. Like, I'm really looking forward to the time where I have like, a large enough space where I can display all of my armies and I'll just have them chronologically. Mike, are you going to buy an airplane hanger pretty soon for your stuff? Like, I think I might have to. I actually have to buy three more display cases. <laughs> They're on sale right now. Oh, at the Ikea ones? Yep, okay, sorry, side tangent, but it's important for me, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, They're on sale for 60 bucks instead of 80 or 90 or whatever. Or you get one, two as well. Just one though. I only you need should one. probably get two. I, need you three. I don't know if they still make them in the same color that oh, Steve already has for us. So you should probably get two then, so that way you can still do it symmetrically. Yeah, I do need to do that. I need to. I, my ad mech no longer fits in the case. It's sad. Tragic. Yeah, knights will do that to you. Well, knights have their own shelf. I literally have an entire ad mech shelf full of Castellans. Coming back to what my favorite <laughs> model is, yeah, I have an entire shelf of Castellan robots. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. Yeah. <laughs> I can't judge somebody for liking giant robots. Oh, they're so good. And they're that's fi- they're that's all I like, do. They're themed like 50 sci-fi. How can you not want that? I, yeah. I want one to be my friend. They just need to have the flailing hooks and like yes. visible vacuum tubes and stuff. They yeah. need to go slightly further. They do have a visible vacuum tube off their leg. Nice. Yeah, they do. They've got a weird little plug-in thing that's dangling. So, Mikey, uh, <laughs> you've been a little quiet during this portion. Like, what... Has your hobby really changed much in the last four years? Uh, yeah, a little bit. It's it's actually you've you've seen it blatant is that I decided that I wasn't going. I was going to get stuff painted so I could play more because I played even less back then. And part of the reason why is because I'll, I'll admit it. I'm embarrassed if I play with gray plastic. Okay. Yep. There it is. Yeah, you I don't enjoy found, it either. You Not find it there. So, but once it's done, then I get to play with it, and, and it's great. But I had so much stuff that was half finished, and I didn't want to go back to it, and I had to get myself around to the point where get it done and paint it faster, but paint it up to a level that I'm still comfortable with, but where I'm not nitpicky at. Yeah, I hear you. I yeah, totally I feel like you. we could make a movie about this where yeah. we all aspire to be more like you. <laughs> In how we... Uh, we made this joke already. Did we? Yeah. When? Well, no, but honest, honest to God, though, I think <laughs> it's a bit of, if I have to play a game and I've got models that are, like, uh, unpainted, I think it's from the fact that I used to, like, when I started playing 40K and I was, like, 
in grade, I don't know, nine or whatever the hell it was, like started playing a little bit more seriously. If I wanted to play with a model at Games Workshop for Vets Night, it had, to be, painted, painted. had to be painted. And I would have panicked, like panicked painting sessions to try and get it done and actually try and get it painted well. Your tank brush Tiernas, yeah. for what they were, did look bad. They looked pretty good. Um, yeah, like they were for the time. I'm actually quite happy with them. I wish I st- and again, I just, I sold those. I wish I still had them. The only army that I ever sold, my Tyranids from the exact same era. I know I sold my Tyranids and my Tau, and I had my Tau Devilfishes that I really liked. They would have been pretty good. They had no shading whatsoever, other than like the crazy edge highlighting that is just ridiculous. Like no so airbrush work because of course it didn't have. You've all if you all sold something, an army I've or sold, something. I've sold an army. Yeah, yeah. I have actually never sold anything. Yeah, I've probably only ever sold a handful. No, not not a single penny. If I if I got lost anything or got rid of it, it's because I'm giving it to somebody. I find a lot of hobbyists are like that, where they they cannot part with their own work. They enjoy the process of painting it, so they have trouble getting rid of it. I also have like, trouble getting rid of it because I put so much time into yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so and it's totally like it's like thing. dragons and their gold gold hoard. You know, we just <laughs> the, the, it goes into the cave, but it never comes out. Well, no. Once I paint, so I have no problem selling unpainted stuff. Stuff that's put together, I'm fine with. The moment yeah. it has paint on it, I really need to like like if somebody came in and offered me money for my elder army or whatever, it would have to be an absurd amount of money, like completely unreasonable. I'm never going to get that kind of thing. Yeah, there's yep. there's only ever been a I handful, totally agree. There's only ever been a handful of models that I sold. There were a couple that I sold way back in the day to help pay for a trip to Games Day. So yep. it was like just random one-off models that I'd painted. That's also a little different. That weren't good enough to like be golden demon entries, but it was like just random stuff oh. that I'd painted over years. Like, oh, I feel like painting a uh, Phoenix Lord. And I'll just and at the time I put it on eBay for like made some money to help pay for a plane ticket to to Games Day, but I lied. I sold one model. One model. One model. And it was it was only recently too. Your Wraith Knight to me that I wasn't painted? No, no. Oh, so that don't count that. That's that's unpainted. That's <laughs> painted, but it was the um, the death uh death uh, what you wanna call it? I don't know. There's a lot of death things. Yeah, you gotta give us a game system. <laughs> it was a space Marines. Um Death Guard? No, not the Death, death Company? Guard. Death Company. It's a Death Company guy, the Grandmaster or whatever it is. Lombardi's? Yeah. I don't know. No, I don't think it was that. Astro the Grim? No, it wasn't a name. Some flying muscle armor guy. It was just like, like a cat. And technically, you did sell your Malifaux for a dollar. Did I? Yep. I can't remember that. <laughs> you sold your Peter Malifaux to Drew for a dollar. That sounds like. Oh, that's was... because I replaced the models with newer ones. That's different again. <laughs> <laughs> but you still sold them for a dollar. <laughs> that sounds like it was being sold for a dollar for like insurance purposes or something. Yeah, like, yeah, like the pink slips on your buy, models. Buy the car. <laughs> Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so I guess, honestly, without getting too long-winded, um, thanks for fucking sticking it out with us. Like, if you if you listen to episode one and you're listening to episode 100, like... like wow. Wow. Like, so you should go outside. Yeah, go outside. <laughs> it's a beautiful place sometimes. You to do that all in a row. Oh, could you imagine? You might be dead. Also, probably brutally insane. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like with the proliferation of Netflix and whatnot, people are pretty good at binging now. It's true. They but can binge safely. True. This would be a weird binge, though, because it would be like, several days. We're solid hour to two hour range on our podcast, so that would be, yeah, many days. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be weird as hell. But seriously, like, we do this and we started this because it was really an excuse for the five of us to hang out on a regular basis, which has been awesome because we've been able to keep doing that. But. 
I think the reason that we keep it's, doing it's been it, all right. Fuck you, Dan. Um, <laughs> it's been short. it's been pretty fucking good. And but I think honestly, the reason that we keep doing it is because of you guys. Uh, so thank you for listening. Um, I'll be honest; I feel as excited about this podcast today as I did the day we started. Yeah. So you know, it's a pretty good time. It's a pretty good feeling. And here's to the next hundred. Holy shit! That's a horrifying idea. I don't know if I'll live <laughs> that long. You're not that old, Mike. Yeah, it's only it's only another four more years of this pace. You'll be fine. <laughs> so until next time, this has been 100 ep- episodes of Hobby Night in Canada. I'm Tom. Uh, I'm gonna say quickly first, maybe buy a T-shirt or something. I'm Dan. <laughs> yeah, help I'm, us keep doing this. I'm Ward. I'm Mike, and I'm Steve. And I feel like I have to say, uh, play some games, have some fun, and paint, paint your, your fucking models. models!